and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. This edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania, where there's obviously been a coup. No longer am I in charge, apparently. No longer am I the senior host. Apparently there's been a takeover. Broadcast live each and every weeknight at 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Global Star Radio Network simulcast as well on Blog Talk Radio, BTR, and YouTube. Join us, won't you, please? And, and please, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just go over, regardless of the venue on which you listen, whether it's, uh, BTR, Global Star, or whatever, just please subscribe to our YouTube channel, YouTube feed. The reason being, of course, is, uh, we want to build an army. We want to build an army of people behind us and, uh, beside us. And this is something that we're going to be doing. Uh, we're launching a lot of initiatives right now. And, um, uh, many things are, are taking place. A lot of initiatives, including a um, uh, independent media alliance, the alliance, an alliance of independent media folks. I think it's uh, time has come where somebody better, and I really mean this, somebody better, in fact, um, get get the the independent media together. I'm not talking about leading them, certainly, but let's get let's everyone get together and let's uh, really let's really be the force behind the truth in the independent media. That's very important. A couple of things before we open the program. Um, this is a, a very news-heavy day, of course, as they all are and will continue to be. Uh, so please check our websites. Uh, check our website, HagmanReport.com. And again, I'm working on additional reports, a data dump, if you will, on HomelandSecurityUS.com. This is taking some time. Um, please bookmark both of those as well as Hagman and Hagman. So my personal investigative, our personal investigative um, uh, findings will be on HomelandSecurityUS.com, resurrecting that. I've mentioned that in the past. HagmanReport.com for, to include that as well, um, as well as Hagman and Hagman for the show information. Uh, the other thing, please, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the interview uh, from yesterday, with uh, Liz Crokin, and um, definitely like her on Facebook or follow her on Facebook, whatever the proper terminology is, and certainly follow her on Twitter. And uh, um, mention, as many have already mentioned, that of course that you're uh, that you heard her last night on the Hagman Report, and it's interesting because we are getting uh, and and we're we're being attacked as well for reporting on what is known as Pizzagate. Uh, saying admit it you were wrong. No, we're not wrong. We're not wrong. Now, the facts as they have been printed in the, in the social media and some, some media, they're incorrect. It's not about a pizza shop, okay? It is not about a single location. Please understand that. There are things that have, it's called black propaganda. If you, if you look up that phrase, you'll see what I'm talking about, black propaganda. 
this is why we have to be, we have to speak with precision about these matters. That's number one. We've never left this issue. And those who start their little loan, you know, sign in and, and have, sign into YouTube, and I'm not even sure how they do it. They, you know, um, and, and then they leave comments, of course, that, hey, you know, if, if uh, admit it, you were wrong. Well, come on. First of all, you've got no subscribers, no followers. It's a fake channel. And, and you're full of crap to begin with. How's that starting out? So, and the second thing is, part and parcel to this, May 5th and 6th, Chicago, Illinois, or actually, uh, um, Gurney, Illinois, which, which is north of Chicago, between Chicago and Kenosha, uh, Chicago, Illinois and Kenosha, uh, Wisconsin, will be giving a presentation about, uh, about the larger issue of, um, the satanic crimes. Russ Bizdar will be there. It's called Awaken to the Shaken. Folks, if you have not, if you have not registered, please do so. This is going to be a critically important conference. Two days. It's free. All you have to do is go to homelandsecuritys.com and in the first, very first article right there has got a link to the registration Awaken to the Shaken. Please do that. Um, Another thing, I, I, and I didn't have a chance, I have not had a chance to do this since last night's show, and that's to put up the, uh, the video, full spectrum survival video. It's about associationism, and it mentions the, uh, that, that one particular video I mentioned yesterday. It's the, um, Iggy Azalea video. Brad from Full Spectrum Survival made an important connection there, and this is the normalization of of what of the, of the abhorrent, and that's the process that we're seeing. Please understand that this is a process. This is bigger than any one person, any one group, any one thing. So understand that. Second of all, um, or the next issue, in addition to all of that, um, let me just make sure I've got. Okay, so we've got that. Uh, May 5th and 6th for the, um, Awaken to the Shaken conference. I want to mention that we are, in fact, going to be, um, creating, uh, a couple of initiatives that include, but are not limited to what I mentioned earlier, and that's, that's coalescing, getting, getting the independent media together and forming the, this firm alliance, and I believe it's, it's important to do so. Also, if you haven't done so already, there's a, a Facebook video going viral. It's Aaron, young Aaron Wilson. He appears to be about 10 or 11 years old. His mother's Jennifer Wilson. It's a TSA checkpoint in Dallas Fort Worth airport. This young man is specially, he's a special needs child and he has shown in the, you know, assuming the position now of subjugation and, and he's being, um, fondled, groped, assaulted sexually in my view, sexually assaulted. In any other venue, he would be, it would be a sexual assault. And that's what we're witnessing by the TSA. And you know what? The contemptible Christian conservatives roll over and just say, give me more. How dare you? Because, because of that and other videos, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, we are going to have another initiative. We're going to, this one is, uh, we're going to own this one. Good or bad, pass or fail, we're going to own this one and we're going to, we're going to fight back. And I'm going to be talking more about that at a later time. 
but it's sickening if you haven't had a chance to uh, to see that Wilson video or uh, Williamson vi- video. Ten-year-old boy. He's got probably at most three articles of clothing on a t-shirt, uh, gym shorts, and probably underwear. Okay, and and this TSA agent is spending an inordinate amount of time, inordinate amount of time. And again, any other any other profession, any other venue, it would be a sexual assault. And and I'm angry about that. And and we're gonna you know and, and we we have a whole bunch of keyboard warriors who are doing nothing about it, as far as I'm concerned. So there will be stay tuned because uh, I, and and I will own this, but uh, there's something that we're that I'm planning that we're planning that uh, we're we're gonna push back on this because this to give up your constitutional rights. What, what do we all have? Stockholm syndrome? Is that what it is? Spouse abused uh, spouse syndrome? Incredible. All for the under the pretext and illusion of security, which is a bunch of BS. I was talking to Steve Quayle and uh, uh, Branson, Missouri is filling up, so so please register for that as well if you're planning on going. So again, uh, those are those are kind of the, the uh, at, at the top of my list today. Uh, today's a special day. Now, now for the good news. Today's a special day. It's uh, a couple of things. Joe's birthday today. He's uh, 34 29. years old. 29. 34 years old. And I gotta tell you, he's adopted because I didn't, I'm not that old. Right? I'm only 38. So, do the math. He has to be adopted. Um, don't I look 38? Yes. Yes, you do. I, I do. I look, right? Hey, we don't live in a real, in reality anymore, so. And you can identify as whatever you want. You can identify as a, you know, right. 15 year old, uh, you know, I'm a non binary, uh, yeah. If somebody ever, I'm going to tell you something. I, I am a, an alpha male with a lot of testosterone, natural and enhanced by, uh, healthmasters.com. And not only is it a special day for, uh, it being my birthday, but it is the debut of a new addition to the Hagman Report. My sister Jackie. You see the resemblance, especially with the skin tone. With my tan and her tan, we look at. You, you know, and, and <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, I look so pale. So yeah, we we thought we, right we thought we'd bring out Jackie uh, just just today. She can only stay for until the bottom there. We thought we'd bring her out number one to celebrate Joe's birthday uh, on air with a cake. And and this is a Super Mario Brothers cake. I, I think he's had one of these every year, right? Super. Listen, it was on sale. That's the reason why we bought it. See. I don't even know if he likes Mario, but it was the discounted cake. Maybe 20 years ago, so. but it's, uh, it, it's a nice cake. When oh. I came in, uh, yeah, this is different. I'm not 43. <laughs> there we go. I hope not. He's lying. He actually is 43. I'll be 34. I'll be in the... But thank you everybody for all the, the birthday wishes. On on Facebook, Skype, and via email, I do much appreciate it. Yes. Can I let? Am yes. I allowed to do this now? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And uh, again, and for tonight, we got um, uh, Jackie's <laughs> going to be with us for the first half hour for the first segment, and we're going to uh, be talking about her role here at the the Hagman and Hagman Report. Um, uh, Brother Marcus, his uh, his son Curtis, he's going to be joining us in in the second segment. And John Rappaport, hour number two, followed by our Tuesdays with Stan in hour three. So it's going to be a great show. 
Yeah, and if if Jackie didn't have to leave, I mean, I might leave. I might have to leave uh, at the end of the second or at the top of the second hour. I'm not sure. But having said that, um, yeah, she, she's going to be a regular fixture around here. And she's, you know, we want to explain a few things about her, about what she's going to be doing. But we also want to hear from her about some issues that you're concerned with as well. You, the viewer, you, the listener. So it's going to be a kind of a great thing. So before the sprinklers go off, are we okay with this? Or good thing we didn't have 34 candles, right? Yeah. So should I'm we sing? We don't have to sing. No, he can okay. just make a wish. Everyone in the studio I wish to be can, like me. All right. All right, so go ahead and uh, blow out your candles. Make a wish and blow out your candles. There you go. See the flags almost fell over? (laughs) Well, thank you guys for the cake and the on-air celebration. All right, very nice. I mean, I don't have a knife or forks or plates, so we'll just eat this later. And, folks, I hope you don't mind. I will be eating this cake on-air, talking with my mouth full. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. No, thank you guys. Yeah, Yeah, that was very, very nice. All right. Well, we wish you the best, and um, so all right. Just to just so today is the debut of my daughter Jackie, Jackie Hagman, of course, and um, she is uh, she serves. We brought her on board the first of the year. She's she serves or a little or before that actually, but she's serving as the um, in the office working with uh, with uh, correspondence from people. Uh, she's also doing research. She's doing social networking, uh, interface, interfacing with social, social networking. So truly a family business here as we sit here. And so this is what, folks, this is what you're supporting. These are, this is who you're supporting and what you're supporting, the initiative that you're supporting. And so I want to thank you. So if you're a sponsor, I want to thank Green Innovative and, and Minuteman Stove and Block It Pocket. Welcome to the family. Um, trading posts. Trading posts in trading the woods. Is my stuff. I love trading posts. Isn't that great? Trading posts <laughs> in the woods. Uh, TC Joseph. Um, uh, Minuteman. Yeah. Uh, whole, uh, uh, of course, uh, TexasReady.net. Uh, you know, I'm, I, every time I do this, I forget, I forget, I forget people. So I don't want to do that. Uh, Greenovative. Greenovative. Um, TC Joseph. Precious, precious timber. timber, precious timber. Health master. Are we naming all of them? Because we we can go in alphabetical order. I can do that. <laughs> go do it. No. No. Okay. Don't don't do that to me. All right. <laughs> so all right, but we again, these are heavy news days, and, and I just want to say this: what we're experiencing right now, these are heavy news days. Very quickly here, and then I'm going to turn it over to uh, to Jackie. We're, we're involved in some very heavy news days. A lot of things taking place, a lot of things taking place not in the manner that they're being presented, not in the manner in which you think. For example, if you watch news, I don't care if it's MSNBC on the left or Fox on the right, you're not getting the, the, the true stories. So where do you go? You go to independent media. We hope to serve and pray that we're always on on target with, with respect to our reporting of what's important to you. And we do so with, a, with not a world view but a christian uh, uh from the vantage point of a christian through the prison through a christian worldview i suppose is the more accurate term as opposed to anything else and uh oh i do want to mention too and and uh uh this will be the this will be the segue joe i'm going to bounce it back to you and then and then i want to get jackie's take on some things that 
that we need to be doing, but I want to make sure that people understand what's taking place with respect to this constant beating of the Russian drum. Who's behind this? I've gotten a lot of emails since uh, we've had um, a, a number of guests on uh, talking about this, Kevin Shipp and others. John Brennan is at the epicenter. If you go to the American Spectator, I believe it is, um, I think it's American Spectator. Uh, an article by uh, an article that appears there: John Brennan and Baltic spies teamed up to defeat Trump. If you take a look and, and factor in John Brennan as the head of the CIA at the time under Obama, understand Brennan's position under Obama, Obama's position as a puppet of the CFR trilaterals and, and essentially all of the NGOs headed by the. Rockefellers and Carnegies and Gates and everybody and the people with the money, then you'll, you'll understand how this all fits in. But don't take your eyes off Brennan. Brennan's the wild card here. And if you take this back, the American Spectator article does um, refer to the Baltic connection. That's something that has not been talked about. It was back in March, April, and that's something that, that really we need to keep our eyes on. Brennan is, 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 of course, a wild card in this beating of the Russian drum. Okay, so having said that, we've got that as well. Um, but, Joe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it over to you. I want you to, you and Jackie to talk as, uh, as really kind of colleagues in the Hagman Report. Um, your thoughts, where we're headed Give people kind of a an overview of and Jack sure. you too where we're headed. Just we'll just take what fifteen minutes, folks, and and I think this is important because you're all invested in this. Well, we got about eight and a half minutes left in the segment, so we'll we'll do that. Just um, you know, recently on the show, uh, many people know that John Robertson, a, a valued addition to the Hagman Report, has been doing a lot of hard work and. Uh, you know, really booking some top-notch guests and, and keeping the schedule full, as well as working behind the scenes on a number of different initiatives and uh, learning how to expand, learning, you know, to increase what works, to stop what doesn't work. And one of the things that, that we really needed um, was more organization here in the studio and with our social media networks. And a few other things. Uh, one of the things that, that Jackie's been doing is putting together a strict schedule for sponsors that my dad doesn't stick to, and he gets yelled at sometimes for it. But we need that, uh, you know, person who's in the office, able to answer phones, able to answer emails. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> putting things together. And, I work um, hard on that. And, and she's been doing a lot of the uh, coordination and, and things that need done that uh, we've, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants with. And the social media is a big one. Um, when we started this radio show, you know, we started our own Facebook pages uh, for the websites, for the show, and, you know, social media for me is something that I just hate using, but uh, Jackie is uh, very good at, at uh, navigating social media and expanding to areas that we didn't have before uh, to be on Facebook and Twitter. So, um, Jackie, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing on the social media and what you... What do you hope to accomplish? Well, I would just like to point out that social media is a two-way street, which means that we can post stuff all the time, all day, every day, but we need feedback and we need responses and we need we need to hear from you guys, to for you guys to tell us what you want and what you want to see and what you 
who you want to see on the show and stuff like that. So just keep all the emails coming and tweet us and follow us on Facebook and we have Instagram. We have almost everything. So there's always a way to get a hold of us. There's always a way to speak your mind and what you want to see, who you want to see, what you want to hear about, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I, I, I'm not even sure what I still haven't figured out what Instagram is. I was just gonna say, what's our, what's our, uh, how do you find us on Instagram? Okay, well, first to find yeah, us on Instagram, you have together. to get the Instagram app. Oh, uh, okay. It's a cell phone only app. I mean, you can access it on the internet, on your laptop, but you can't post anything. So what you do is you get it on your phone. Um, it's just pictures only, pictures and videos. So, I mean, you could, there's not much, but you, they, right. they can see what we're up to. They can see. All kinds of stuff. All right. I would say stick to, I like Instagram, stick to Twitter and Facebook, but. All right. Sounds good. And you mentioned it's a two-way street, and that's one thing that, that I cannot personally respond, and I don't respond on any of the, I don't think we respond to any Facebook post timeline postings. We just, I if, okay, you do? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. if people have a question, I will, that I, yeah, that I know the answer to. Okay. Or if uh, I ask you, private notifications, private messages—they don't even yeah, really bother. We don't because do that. It, it, there's just no way. Okay, because it's thousands. In fact, you know, we we get uh, really, but we do read all of the emails just to be just just so people are are assured of this. We do receive all of the the the, the postal mail and all of the email. We do see it all. Okay. Um, yeah, especially snail mail. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, and of course our address is on the front of the website. It's a PO box. Um, and I want to make a clarification too. We don't, we, we, folks, please understand this. We, we can't take phone calls during the day or it, it really any time. Okay. We cannot, if you've got a situation, a personal situation, we can't help <laughs> as much as we'd want to help. We can't help everybody. We can't help you. Um, we can, you know, assist in getting you help, but personally, you know, we can't help you. You know what I'm saying? It's there's a lot of people that want to that that want to. I don't know. Perhaps use this as like a investigative service. We can't do that because there's so many out there that that are, you know. But however, we'll get you help. Does that make sense, Jackie? What am I trying it- to say? Yeah, I understand. It's hard though because we um only have a few lines to talk on and right. half the time we're not even here. Um so when you call and we don't answer it's probably because either A we're in a meeting, B we're not here, C we're doing another show, right. D all of the above. Uh, you know. Someone's always here. It's just a matter of what, well, what I, you're doing with that time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's it's true. Now Okay, not by the phone, I should say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Where do you see us going, Jackie? I mean, you've you've been you've been around long enough now to to, to see us. Um, where do you you think we're on track? I mean, do you think we're doing things right? Um, what do you think? I mean, where do you see us? Where do you see us a year from now this, if this, we're allowed to be? Is this an evaluation of my work? No, 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 no. <laughs> our work, our work. Yes. I mean, where do you see us a year from now? Assuming that we are allowed, for example, to remain on on every venue that we've got right now. Do you see us expanding? And do you see okay, us- I have a better question. Do you see us being censored completely? Mm. We are because already. there's only so much you can do if you get censored. I mean, yeah. 
email is always available, and you can't censor email, right? Well, to some extent you can, but I suppose, well, and this is another thing we're trying to do, and Jackie's impl- implemental on this, or instrumental on this, um, we are, and if you want, we'll announce this, but uh, send us your, your physical mailing address, and, and if everything would go down, if there's still mail, we can certainly get things to you via mail. That's one way, right? That's a way to do things. Right. They don't have to send us their address if they were. I mean, I mean if, if they send us mail. Well, right, but I guess what, what I'm trying to say is, if everything went down, if we were taken off the internet completely, censored off the internet. Uh, okay, if we're censored off the internet, would we still have a nightly show? Oh sure, yeah, it, it would be unless Global Stars, you know, kicks us off. And, uh, but yeah, we'd still have a nightly show. We just have to. Go to Plan B, and I'm not sure I want to <laughs> tell what Plan B is yet. But well, it, yeah, it, co- it costs a lot more. <laughs> How about Plan this? B. We got we got about a good minute before the break. It took all the clocks. What, what happened? To all the never mind. Time is what the do you, Jackie? What do you? Uh, what do you want your role to be here? Are we? Can we expect more uh, uh, on-camera appearances? Maybe dealing with news reports, special social media projects. What do you, what do you want to do? I don't know. It all depends on how much people hate me. <laughs> so the more they hate you, the more you want to come No, no, the more they hate me, the less I want to be here. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine anyone hating my daughter, Jackie? And, and see, this is, I'm very protective. And you know, Steve Quayle, yeah, and so I would talk about our daughter. to your guys' house. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, the, the, the punks, the, seriously, the punks, that threatened my family, my daughter. Okay, you, I, I dare you to come to my my home and to my face. You don't have the the balls to do that. Okay. Anyway, sorry about that. What did I say? Something? Yeah, wrong? you just uh, made everything all awkward and, and stuff. No, we're at the uh, we're at the end of the segment. I, was just I kind of tuned him out. I wasn't really listening. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> another ten minutes. I wasn't really listening, so I missed it. What happened? Nothing. No, nothing. nothing. Apparently, um, I, I, we got Curtis coming up next, so we'll, we'll keep Jackie here for another five minutes after the break to uh, to get her answer on on what she what we she expects her role to be, what she wants her role to be here on the Hagman Report. Folks, you're listening to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Uh, we'll be right back with with my sister Jackie for a few more minutes, followed by Curtis, uh, brother Marcus's son. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. 
T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Week Reviews boldly states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. edition of the Hagman and Hagman and Hagman Report, as uh, my sister Jackie's making her debut right now, and uh, we kind of held her over uh, from the last segment, even though she's going to needs to be going soon. Just want to give a, just a, a brief overview and, and let you, uh, an introduction for her, and let her explain to you what she's going to be doing, maybe on camera and behind the scenes, and uh, then we'll let her go. You want me to tell me about myself? Well, uh, actually, about folks, uh, they duct tape. They, they brought out the duct tape. Apparently, it didn't okay, work. Lady, lady, the studio dog is here. My wife is is behind the scenes. Eric, the tech, got the the duct tape out and said, "Let him talk." Go ahead. What do you want me to say? Five fun facts what, about what myself. You, what, okay. Yeah. My my job role. Okay. Basically, what it is is I will be coming on more often, but it'll be social media related. So if there's ever like another, um, if you remember the President's Day contest with Sherry's Berries, um, I'll be doing stuff like that if we ever have any more contests. Um, if we ever have a Q&A. We have Pro Flowers coming up. Okay. 
Spoiler alert, we have pro flowers coming up. Okay. Um, if we ever do a Q&A, like um, social media Q&A, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, if you want your questions answered, I'll be here reading them off, collecting all the questions. Um, Maybe we can even do a, a once a month, half hour, hour segment of question and answer with Jackie. Uh, something like that. You can ask me any, media, anything uh, in, in the world, even if it's not current event related, like if it's animal related or anything. I'll answer anything. You want to answer who you voted for in the last election? I <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't even. I can't. No, no. Actually, uh, you'd be surprised. But it, but but Jackie, you're going to be uh, doing some uh, assisting in in research as well, which is you're already doing some of that now. And, and folks, she's already doing a, a lot of the research that we're doing. Appreciate. So this again, truly a family. Enterprise, but I do. I like to read up on stuff on current events. I'm not as I'm not like history like you are. Okay, listen. I get my news from the internet, and you're gonna get really mad at me, but I get my news from like Twitter. I'm the social media girl. That's how I get my that's how I get my news. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. I mean, a lot of stuff I'll find, and I'll ask you about it to for you to verify if it's real or not. And if it's not, then I. Do you come across a lot of stories that you want to make you want to jump on air and and voice your opinion? Yeah, sometimes. Like back when the riots were a big thing, I think that was when I was getting really angry, and I saw like pictures of of guys who were Trump supporters, and they were like covered in blood, and that's and you don't see that in a lot of places. So, yeah, that made me angry because I don't think that's the right way to go about things. What do you think of the the women's marches? Uh, you, you, we've, we've spoken. I mean, our office, or we share an office, so our desks are pretty close. What do you think of the women's marches, you know, with the uh, hats and the... Um, well, you know we had one in our city, correct? Yeah. And, you know, I did not attend. There was like six of them, six people that showed up, I think. I think I think being a woman is great. Um, I don't think you should necessarily boast about it. Um, and I do think that it was very, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they didn't allow pro-life people mm-hmm. to march. So I don't think it was very fair. Um, it was definitely a a one-sided Women's march, like you had to believe in certain things in order to march, which I don't think is cool. But I don't know. Would you? Do you like the word millennial, or is that not a thing that you? We're like? both millennials. I thought. Okay, well, I thought millennial was 1985 and younger. So you're not a millennial. Yeah, I mean, you're. Oh, or is it 80? 79, isn't it? Or 81? 81. 81. Okay, so you are. 81. All right. 81. All right. Is that? Because I, I, I think that millennials have gotten a bad name, bad rap. But when you look at people like yourselves, young people like yourselves, I'm I'm okay with turning over um, the keys. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you should make up there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think no, I think you guys, I think the millennials have gotten a black eye because of the because of the people that. Yeah, but I, I look at all of my friends who are my age. And I'm the only one who believes in what I believe in. Uh, you're so, a Christian conservative yeah. versus a secular humanist communist idiots. Yeah, 
I go through well, the same I, would, I don't call my friends idiots. Like, I don't... I don't <laughs> no, that's my word. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't believe in, you know, being rude. No, I, I, you're you're actually. And I'm nice not calling. That wasn't me calling you rude. No, but, but you're nice okay. to a fault. And I've seen I've seen the I've seen you get you know people have just been really nasty. Millennials of your age group uh, uh, holding opposing views of yours, uh, the ad hominem attacks as opposed to our uh, discussion of facts. And I'm very proud that you come come at them with facts. So I try try my best. Folks, this is what you have to look forward to. And I know that yeah. Jackie's gotta, gotta leave, but, but this is, this is how we are expanding. Uh, we are attempting to be very good stewards with your investment, with your prayers. And, and this, I'm just very proud. And, uh, and I want to thank each and every one of you for everything you're doing for us and have done for us and continue, continue to do for us. And we will do right back through, I'm very proud for Jackie. My I daughter. Just, I just hope that there are going to be more people my age that watch the show. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to connect through social media, but I'm also trying to connect through the show um, with people my age, and so they can, I don't know, connect with me. There I need friends. So you go, <laughs> folks. Chuck, I want to say thank you so much for for being a, a just a tremendous daughter. And Joe, I want to just wish you a very, very happy birthday, and thank you so much for being a great son. And uh, there you are. And thanks for coming on, Jackie, as a first great debut appearance. And uh, look forward to seeing you on air many, many more times. Absolutely. Thanks, Joey. All right. <laughs> All right. We have uh, we have Curtis Horse with us. It's been a while since he has been on. Um, he's got some new initiatives that he is going to be starting, and we're going to be talking with him about those till the end of the segment. Curtis, welcome back to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Hey, blessings, brother. It's good to be back on. Um, first thing I want to say is happy birthday to you, man. I'll tell you, it's uh, <laughs> time has flown. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, it has, and, and thank you so much for the birthday wishes and uh I know it's been a while since we talked. John kind of filled me in a little bit about what you wanted to get into tonight, what's been going on with you. But why don't you explain uh, for our audience who haven't heard from you for a while um, what it is you, you got in the works. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, brother, first and foremost, um, the Lord has been kind of taking me on a one-year sabbatical. Uh, sabbatical or sabbatical? Uh, anyways, my first one year of my official marriage, um, the Lord has really kind of been setting me and my wife aside to um, get a chance to know each other and bond closer for the things that God has laid on our heart for later on. And um, so, yeah, over the last year, we just got done celebrating our uh, one-year anniversary up here in Canada, so that would have been on the 25th of this month. So praise God for that. But um, what the Lord has kind of laid on me and my wife's heart is to really start training and preparing and equipping um, the next generation of warriors for God to be able to step into fully what God has called them to do. Um i.e. The, the gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, to be able to be stand strong and really find their identity and who they are in Christ. Um, so that would be some of the things that we've been doing for the last year. Now, a new endeavor that the Lord has laid on our heart is, um, you know, for a while we kind of had to do some rebranding. There was a lot of um, s- s- uh, changes 
changes going on with the radio ministry and even um, even me personally. <laughs> um, but now, after we've hit that one-year mark, the Lord has kind of released us to go back to the reservation, um, the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation down there in South Dakota, and uh, it's awesome. Um, he's taken me back in more of a, an official capacity, so to speak. Uh, I'm going to be partnering, me and my wife, we're both going to be partnering with Wings as Eagles Ministries down there, and yeah, hopefully their their hope and goal is to actually turn over the reins to us later on, um, how that might look. I don't know, but we're going to be a lot more hands-on, and um, we're going back basically with more, <laughs> with bigger guns and more weapons in the in, in the spirit, so to speak, uh, to be able to combat some of the things that we weren't able to fight effectively um, during the time of my last stay there on the reservation with Brother Marcus. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're we're going back with a new mindset and um, renewed strength. Excellent. Um, in, uh, you're going to be going and starting this um, endeavor uh, back where where you came from, and I think that's some, that says a lot. Uh, I know you've been you got married and and you've been uh, working on a number of things after you know suffering that that terrible loss um, uh, from Brother Marcus, but it sounds like you're picking up right where where uh, you know he left off, and and uh, enough can't be said about that. Well, you know, you kind of got to. Um, see, us as believers, we need to look at death as something that's not final. Um, a lot of times we look at death as something that's just painstaking and horrible. Well, uh, it took me some time. But as I begin to look at it, he's home with the Lord. You know, he's <laughs> he had nothing to worry about. It's us that have to pick up. Um after his passing was a real make-or-break-it season at that point in my life. Uh Either I was going to get sold out for the Lord and quit relying on Him, or, you know, I was going to fall and just kind of go back. So, yeah, so that was a big turning point, um, and it took me a while. But you know what? Praise God that the Lord has given me uh, a lot more clarification and <laughs> on exactly what it is He needs me to do. Because um, even brothers, for a long time, you know, everyone's like, you know, God bless you, man. You're, you're you're with an anointed man of God. Yes, he was. But sometimes that could have been my hindrance because I looked to him more so than um, looking to God for my answers. And, you know, God bless him. You know, he was a very integral part of my life. But now it's like it's kind of um, it's kind of like changing, turning the page. The same way is, uh, I guess it was, it was with Moses and Aaron. Um, he says, now my servant Moses is dead. And it was time for me to basically pick up where he left off and to continue on um, and not let myself get discouraged. But, you know, it's really interesting that he would, that the father would take me back to the reservation after all these years. Because, you know, well, it's already going to be like two years, brother, um, since his passing. And... I always had a conversation with him. I said, Father, if you're going to send me back there, you're going to send me back there with an army, with an army of warriors, right? And he's like, uh, you know, just, he reminded me of Gideon in the 300. You know, I had my own preconceived idea of how I was going to do it. And the Father kind of let me, lead, led me to believe that for a while. And then he says, okay, now let me be God in your life and let me show not only the people there on the reservation how strong I am, for you, you know, in you and how strong I am, you know, I'm not going to send you there with a company like you once thought. 
Um, so it's going to be me and my wife, and you know what, brother, it's it's going to be fun because um, we're going to have a chance to mentor another young couple that's just now getting married, and they're going to be moving out there as well. Um, we're going to be doing a lot more hands-on with them, so <laughs> it's cool because they're 22 and 23, another young couple that's going to be coming along um, beside us right there in that, that endeavor to kind of help us out as well. Um, so, yeah, brother, there's there's been a lot of changes, um, a lot of fast-paced moving. <laughs> over the two years, so. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, Curtis, if you can, uh, tell us a little bit about what it is that um, the people are are facing um, in South Dakota, um, where you came from. I know that you and Brother Marcus have done so much work um, with the the people there, from helping them in the wintertime to get heat in their house, fixing things, doing clothing drives. What are some of the challenges uh, that these people face? Well, you know, there's always, whenever you go into a poverty-stricken area, people with uh, the the spirit of poverty, you know, a poverty mindset on them, you know, there's already going to be some struggle in the natural with clothes, with food, with propane, with housing, with with basic needs. Um but we're going to be coming back more in a capacity to be able to help them deal with the spiritual aspect of of the reservation as a whole. And many people may not realize this. I mean, you guys go to the reservations, and you're going to see in the natural, you know, you're going to see houses, you're going to see rundown houses, you're going to see broken cars, you're going to see people that will, will basically be begging for, for food, um, you know, just to keep afloat. I mean, the conditions down there are pretty bad. I can give you statistics and stats, but that's not why we're going back. We're going back to be able to breathe back the life of God inside my my own people. You know, um, they deal with a lot of uh, rituals. They deal with like, like a lot of satanic, um, occultic things that are manifesting in their lives over the last few years. Um, suicide has been a major thing, but every time they've brought up uh, a child that has committed suicide, they are usually hand-in-hand with entities that are out there. Um, How can I put this? Uh, They see it's weird manifestations. If I would describe the reservation as a whole, I would describe it as a place where the spirit realm and the natural realm is very thin. Um, Because if we want to go back to a biblical standard, the scripture clearly says we battle not against flesh and blood, but that of the spirit. And I truly do believe whenever you start addressing the spiritual atmosphere and start dealing with the spiritual things, the natural is going to have to line itself back up. Um, so it's going to be cool. It's going to be interesting. Um, so that's what we're going to be doing is training them, equipping them, and sending them out basically to be able to deal with their atmosphere, teaching them how to speak to their atmosphere, um, how to not let their surroundings around them dictate or uh, persuade how they follow the Lord. Um, I think that's going to be a very good part of their training. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's going to be going to be an uphill battle, and, and thank goodness that you're there. Um, you know, to be a uh, a role model and a, and a person who is making positive changes, um, not only for their community in in the sense of of providing your time and uh, you know your knowledge, but also the spiritual aspect of thing, which things which is so often um, falls by the wayside in in today's culture, uh, even in in the, the charitable culture. You know, you don't you don't see that 
too much. And this is why we have such a huge number of Americans and, and other people who, uh, you know, have turned away from the Lord because it's not reinforced by any, uh, anyone anywhere for the most part. But not only are you, you know, stepping up to, to help people and, and to, to work with, um, the less fortunate and, um, and with younger people, you're bringing that, the solution, which is the, the spiritual aspect of things and the, and the good news of Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, you couldn't ask for you couldn't ask for more. What what can people do out there to help you, Curtis? And and um, you're still doing your radio show, correct? Yes, actually, brother, um, we're still doing a radio show. We had to rebrand. Um, <laughs> there was a big fallout with with past people, with past people that we yeah. had around us. Um, and I'm not going to dwell on that. I mean, I, <laughs> I had to literally give that to the Lord because that was becoming a sore on my own side. But uh, we're still doing our radio broadcast. Um, we had to change up website. The last website we had got hacked and severely affected with Trojans and some weird stuff that nobody was willing to help. So we got a new website, and you guys can find out everything about what's going on with us uh, at WarriorRadioBroadcastNetwork.com. Um, it's got a lot of uh, Brother Marcus's old teachings, his past uh, his past teachings. They're on there. You guys can download that. Also, our future archives, like, you know, our future shows, they'll be uploaded on there. Um, so, and if people want to get behind us, really, right now, me and my wife are doing a... Um, basically fundraising for this because we're going to be going back and basically just to close on our back and what we're able to pack in our car and go. <laughs> I mean, this is clearly by faith. This is, you know, this wasn't long sought out. The Lord said go, so we're getting up and going. I mean, there was a little bit of planning um, as far as the time and the dates, but for the most part, we're going to be going down there. Um, but if you guys want to get behind with what you're doing, again, go back to our website, um, and I think there's like a GoFundMe thing right there. Um uh, excuse me, a GoFundMe link on the top end of our website. And also, if you guys, I, I know the 501c3, but we're we're getting underneath the ministry, the Wings Eagles ministry, and if people do want that tax receipt, so to speak, and you know what, you guys, I, that's up to you. Um, we have multiple ways to do that, either through PayPal. Uh, you guys can do that on the donate thing. We are not a 501c3 status uh Organization. We were at one point, but we got rid of that. <laughs> so let me just make that clear. Don't blame um, you for that, some, uh, Curtis. Yeah, because some of all. the things. <laughs> yeah, because some of the things that you cannot do. Um, there, let's just say Big Brother will go after you pretty harshly if you do get tied up into that status. So it took us a while to break away from that, but that was for a time and a season. Um, that was to actually protect the name of Pine Ridge Warriors from getting taken out from underneath us. So the father had it all planned out, and it was cool. But, so yeah, so if you guys want to get behind us, just go there, check it out. You know, one thing I want to say, uh, Curtis, is that Brother Marcus, of course, uh, folks, you know, passed away unexpectedly, suddenly, and it was a, it was just an incredible blow. Yeah, it was devastating. You know, but, and, um, uh, one thing that I, I've got to commend him for, and you for as well. I mean, he set it up. He he set things up the way you know we are trying to set things up here. I'm trying to set things up here. Isn't it? Isn't it marvelous? Isn't it great that he had the foresight to set things up in the manner in which he did, where you can carry on what you started. Maybe not without a few bumps and knocks and setbacks, but. 
you can you, you <laughs> well know. you're 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 right, brother. Um, he set some things up, and you know what? Um, a lot of times, I didn't understand exactly why he did what he did. But like, I'm looking back now over the last, I think, seven years with him, and I could say, okay, he did this, he did that, and it just—it's kind of funny because everything is lining up um, for things I need to accomplish later. And, you know, I'm not going to put him on a pedestal, so to speak, but he had wisdom that wasn't um, the wisdom of uh, natural men. <laughs> you know, um, now don't get me wrong. He had he had his quirks. I mean, he had, we we all have our, our, our tissue issues that we got to deal with. We all got baggage that we cling to or that clings to us from our life. But he didn't let that stop him. And, you know, my only hope is that I'll be more sensitive to the Father's voice um, to help guide and lead me and my wife in this time um, than ever before. Because, brothers, I don't want to miss him. I don't want to miss what the Father has for us. Um, for far too long, um, us as believers, we've been totally excommunicating the Father, or I should say the Holy Spirit, out of our lives to give us direction and guidance. How much easier would it be if we went to where the Father sent us and and not where we thought we should go. Uh, that would alleviate so many different places. That would alleviate a lot of problems, a lot of situations we get ourselves into. And not saying that there isn't a place for that. You know, whatever we get into, it's a growing process. But how much easier would it be if the Father says, okay, I need you to go to this person six houses down on the right-hand side, and this is what I need you to speak to them. Um... And instead of just going out there in the streets and yelling, you know, repent for the, you know, the kingdom of God is a hand type thing and get one out of 20, you know, um, I, cause I think that the time is growing a lot shorter. We don't have time to, to be just casting our nets out there and basically, <laughs> you know, hoping to catch something. We need to be sent with a purpose, um, every single place we go. And brother, I, I think that's what it's going to take in this coming in this coming time in this coming in the coming years. No, you're absolutely right, Curtis. And again, um, you know, leading by example, and uh, you know, you have all the the respect in the world from us, and uh, it, it's always great to hear from you. And um, absolutely inspiring to know that the things that you've you've went through. That you're coming out on the other side and, and filling the, the footsteps of, of Brother Marcus. And we can't thank you enough for all, all that you do. And we, uh, we hope to hear from you in the future. Um, you've taken us to the end of the segment. Uh, folks, we're talking with Curtis Horse and, uh, his radio shows on Blog Talk Radio. You can, uh, check that out at Pine Ridge Warriors Radio. That's Pine Ridge Warriors Radio. And there, do you still have all, uh, the archive shows? Curtis? Yeah, yeah, actually we do. And for a while, you know, um, just clarify this, you know, for a while a lot of those things got yanked down from our past blog, blog talk show and they've since been put up under somebody else's banner and they've heavily edited these tapes. Um, so you guys can actually go to our website um, for the unedited tapes or the unedited broadcasts that we did. Um, <laughs> and that's WarriorRadioBroadcastNetwork.com? Yes, yeah, that's you're correct, WarriorRadioBroadcastNetwork.com. And, and I urge um, everybody, yeah. at, especially those, if you're unfamiliar with Brother Marcus and, and Curtis, 
go back and listen to, to as many of those shows as, as possible. WarriorRadioBroadcastNetwork.com and, and just get an idea of, uh, how special, uh, what Brother Marcus and, and Curtis have been doing. And again, sadly, Brother Marcus has passed away, but Curtis is carrying the torch and those old interviews and broadcasts will, um, get you caught up and, uh, you'll be, you know, wanting more if you're anything like me. Um, I love listening to Brother Marcus and Curtis and Curtis again carrying the torch. I, uh, I look forward to, to listening to what you, what you continue to do, Curtis. And again, we thank you for coming on and, um, look forward to talking with you in the future. Hey, man. Well, thank you, brothers, both for having me on and thank you, Brother John, for, uh, connecting us again. And, uh, yeah, brother, you guys stay in touch. You guys have my email and all that other stuff. Whenever you got a, a day that might be free, hit me up. <laughs> Tell your wife we said hello. God bless you, Curtis. Uh, you keep up the good work. Amen. Thank you, brothers. All right. That was uh, Curtis Horse, Pine Ridge Warriors Radio. Check that show out on Blog Talk. When we come back, we're going to be joined by John Rappaport from NoMoreFakeNews.com. Don't go anywhere. Innovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Green Innovative. What Green Innovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right? You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a thing, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Perhaps you're a business out there, a small business. Would you like to extend the reach of your business? I bet you would. Would you like to, to have the same opportunities as companies such as Omaha Steaks, Pro Flowers, and Casper Mattress, and some of the bigger companies out there? Would you like to have that same power? Advertise on our program. Go to HagmanandHagman.com or send an email to opportunities at HagmanandHagman.com. If you go to HagmanReport.com and HagmanandHagman.com, there's a link where you can, you can, you can, it's a big red box. You'll see it. You'll see it. Click on that link. And go ahead and read the benefits what we have created for you. I think it's I think it's a fabulous opportunity. For 
investors, timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com. PreciousTimberProfits.com. to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Great show, great episode lined up for you right now. John Rappaport, nomorefakenews.com. He's the real deal. He's been around the block more than once. He understands where he understands where we're at. He's able to analyze, not just select, but analyze what's taking place. I've got a lot of respect for him. I follow his writings, and I would urge everyone to do so as well. Before we get to John, I just want to mention that uh, TexasReady.net, if you haven't gone there, you know, spring, it, it appears to be encroaching upon us. TexasReady.net, uh, best seed banks in on the planet, bar none, best seed banks on the planet. And look, if you're going to prep, you better have seed banks. And if you're talking about seed banks, you should be talking about TexasReady.net. They've got each Texas Ready Seed Bank contains 80 plus varieties of vegetables and fruits, including eight dual purpose herbs. That means culinary and medicinal purposes. The larger banks that they've got come with training manuals that teach you how to garden properly. The owner of Texas Ready, who we met, uh, Lucinda Bailey, well, she's called the seed lady for good reason. She really knows what she's talking about. She understands the chemistry behind the food, behind food production and high yield gardening. You benefit by her knowledge. Folks, visit TexasReady.net. Don't put it off. If you're getting an income tax check in, buy a whole bunch of seed kits. Seriously. Um, prepare, 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 prepare. TexasReady.net. Necessary for preparation. TexasReady.net. Joe. Joining us now, uh, from nomorefakenews.com is John Rappaport. He has worked as a freelance investigative reporter for over 30 years. He is the author of, uh, three books, The Matrix Revealed, Exit from the Matrix, and Power Outside of the Matrix. He, he writes on a number of issues from politics to health, culture, and art, and much more. And he's written for a number of publications, um, we don't have to go through all of them right now. Mr. Rappaport, welcome back to the Hagman Report. Great to be here. Well, John, yeah, I'm going to kick in here. i got to ask you, what's, it seems like what's strangling the news is, is this Russian narrative of the influencing of the elections. Man, what are your thoughts on this? Um, is this ever going to stop? Or, I mean, what are your thoughts? Well, I think that the plan and the program is to keep trying to delegitimize Trump, to say he isn't really the president. It didn't really happen. The election was a fraud. It was a fake. 
it was influenced by Russia on purpose, on behalf of Trump, and many, many websites and bloggers somehow, untold thousands of them, have been operating at the behest of Russia, consciously or unconsciously. It's a bizarre scenario, and to me, it indicates the desperation level of major media and the political insiders in Washington. They are willing and able and ready to do anything they possibly can. Somebody from the Trump administration during the transition period from the election to the inauguration talked with a Russian. Suddenly, this is big news. Uh, this is a crime. This is uh, what have you. It's ridiculous. I mean, these things happen all the time. People from both sides talk to each other. So the implication is that somehow... Uh, Putin has taken over the United States power centers. He's in charge. And so if uh, I open my trap and I start talking about this or I write about it, then maybe I am somehow under the influence as well. Maybe we all are. Uh, it used to be that if you tried to break a story like this, you would be laughed out of court in five minutes. And the people who wrote the story and published the story would get fired. I mean, I know how mainstream news used to work. It's always been fake news as far as I'm concerned. But at least there were certain parameters that you could sort of rely on. Now all bets are off. Now you could say that Trump claimed he was talking to an extraterrestrial, if you want to. And you could get that story in the New York Times. All you would have to do is find somebody within government or somebody associated with Trump who could say, yes, we had a conversation one day, and he told uh, somebody uh, in the room that he had talked to a an alien from outer space, and it would be in the Washington Post. So the craziness does not end, and I don't think it's going to end. It's just going to keep on going because they can't recognize him as the president. That is something, once they do that, then they admit how uh, crazy they were in supporting Hillary Clinton and how wrong they predicted the election and so on and so forth. So that's the way I see that. And there's a number of issues here with, with Russia. It started off with the Russia hacking, Russia hacked the elections to influence it for Trump. Then it went to the, the collusion. There was collusion between Russia and, and the Trump campaign. Then we saw, you know, that Russia, the FBI is now investigating alternative media, uh, with ties to Russia because of the fake news narrative that they promoted. And now, uh, they, the media has spun it and, and really brainwashed the majority of the public who pay attention to the mainstream media into believing that even uh, legitimate business ties to other Russian businessmen before the time of Trump's election is somehow nefarious and out of the ordinary, and they keep confusing the issue. But what's worse is their continuation of this story without one shred of evidence, without any proof, 
uh, you know, Flynn, he had his own indiscretions that uh, somewhat dealt with a, a conversation he had with a Russian uh, ambassador or a Russian businessman that which was since leaked illegally, and he lied to the vice president, and he was also, you know, lobbying for a Turkish uh, government, and, and that's, you know, his own uh, issues that had nothing to do with Trump. He actually lied to the Trump administration about it. But aside from that, there's no other legitimate news story that, that puts any type of influence, collusion, or otherwise between the Trump, his staff, and Russia. But they continue to, to, to trot this out in the, in the mainstream, as you said, without any facts. And they do it night after night. And what really gets me is since this wiretapping stuff has come up, even with some information pointing to the fact that the uh, Trump administration and his transition team could have been surveilled, they demand, you know, instant proof, and even with those evidence, they still say that it's an absolute bogus story. But, you know, with the other side of their mouth, they turn around and talk about the Russian narrative. Do you believe they're working towards a goal other than, uh, obviously the goal is to impeach Trump, to tarnish his reputation and the legitimacy of a president. But do you believe that, uh, and we've been talking about this a little bit, that they could manufacture some evidence that they have some other um, end game here when it pertains to Trump and Russia? Well, they certainly could manufacture evidence. But in a sense, they already have. So they could just simply create something out of thin air. They could also, you know, if you want to dig far enough into conversations, once you frame the game and you say, these are the rules, if a politician talks out of school to a Russian, that's a criminal act. Well, it isn't. Right. It might it might be under certain very uh, specific circumstances, but otherwise it's not. But once you frame the game that way, then you can dig up all kinds of evidence. I'm sure that somebody could find somewhere that Trump talked to somebody in Russia. So that could suddenly become a news item. Meanwhile, in 2015, the New York Times, of all newspapers, made a very good circumstantial case for the fact that the Clintons were instrumental in selling 20% of U.S. uranium production to Putin and the Russians. This was not just some off-the-wall idea. This had to do with Canadian businessmen who owned U.S. uranium production companies. Frank Truster. Yeah. yeah, sorry. That's right, Frank Euster wanted to sell these uh, this company to the Russians in order for that to happen because it was national security since it was uranium various uh, federal agencies had to okay the deal including the State Department where Hillary Clinton was in fact the Secretary of State the State Department did sign off on the deal contributions from Gustra and other people who were involved in the deal came into the Clinton Foundation large million dollar contributions Hillary Clinton when she was appointed Secretary of State pledged to Obama that the foundation would be completely transparent and reveal all uh, contributions they did not reveal those contributions from the Canadians Bill Clinton at around this time was paid about $500,000 to go to Russia and give it a lecture. On and on it goes. A very strong circumstantial case. 
who's talking about that in terms of dealings with Russia? I mean, now we're talking about something real, serious. Exactly. 20% of U.S. uranium production. Yeah, and, and not only that, there's been a number of stories that have come out about John Podesta having direct ties, illegal ties, to a Russian bank lobbying for uh, three separate Russian banks to get sanctions lifted under the Obama administration, where his company raked in millions of dollars. He personally raked in um, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And now there's a new scandal pertaining to John Podesta with Russia, where he did not disclose 75,000 shares of a company he owned that was um, from a Russian government organization, I believe, which is it is the law that he needed to disclose that well becoming part of Hillary Clinton's campaign. And with the Hillary Clinton uranium, with the John Podesta lobbying for Russian banks and his uh, private interest uh, with a stock in, in a Russian company, there's so much more, you know, if you want to call it collusion, between the Clinton campaign and Russia than there ever was with Trump. But my big thing is, and the media never covers that, obviously, my big thing is, you know, they can't pin down, they meaning the Democrats, the globalists, whoever continues to push this Russian narrative. First, it was election hacking. Somehow they hacked the election, which we know the only uh, attempted hacking of the election was done by the Department of Homeland Security in Georgia, in Tennessee, and there was another state uh, that they were actually caught. Secondly, there's they rolled out the narrative that, you know, Russia created and had, you know, United States journalists push fake news, and that was somehow Russia, um, you know, spawned. But what they're talking about with fake news were uh, scandals and, and negative stories about Hillary Clinton stemming from John Podesta's emails, which the media goes on to say that, you know, Russia is is to blame for Hillary Clinton's loss because of the, the controversy that came out about her emails when they never addressed the content of those emails as the reason uh, you know, for the backlash, it wasn't it's about cherry. It's cherry picking, basically. Yep. Major yeah. media can decide in any case. Okay, now we want to concentrate on who we claim did the leaking or the hacking. Now, in this case over here, we want to focus on the content of the leak. And that case over there, again, we just want to know who the leaker was. Whatever narrative suits defaming whoever they want to defame. So this is completely irrational, and many people are realizing this. I mean, uh, the American people are not ignorant, completely ignorant. When you shove something in their face that's obviously false and wrong-headed and has a covert motive that's obvious to everybody, people start to wake up. They say, well, look at what's happening here. Consequently, major media are digging themselves deeper into a bigger hole than they did during the campaign and and right after the election. Their hole keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and more people are now moving over into independent media to get their news because they've seen through the scam. And this is going to continue to happen. It's like the boy who cried wolf or many other myths and fables where the person tries to keep compounding a lie 
because he's afraid of being discovered for the initial lie. So he keeps on compounding and compounding, gets more and more desperate, more and more crazy and bizarre, and consequently brings the whole house down on his head. And I think overall this is what's happening with major media now. Interesting. Sad, sad state of affairs. And um, if we could segue to the, the Trump wiretap claims, I don't know how much... Um, time we want to spend on this but you know we see a lot yeah. of a lot of uh, news coming up uh, one being uh, Devin Nunez the house Inte- uh, the house intelligence committee is being asked to step down to recuse himself from the uh, you know Russian probe due to the revelation that uh, he made last week about the wiretapping what do you uh, suspect will be the outcome of this wiretapping claim do you think well, well, if matter, I can interject, I John, who did it? Uh, who do you think did it? Who's responsible for this? Um, and then, what do you think? You know, if you want to. Well, you've got a lot of uh, usual suspects here: NSA, uh, you know, routine surveillance, the routine surveillance of uh, foreign leaders, officials that happen to pick up calls with Americans. CIA, we now see, has a much wider surveillance series of programs than we thought or that some people thought. I mean, it's wide open. Surveillance, uh, you talk to people like Bill Binney, who was an NSA contractor for, I believe it was 30 years, a major analyst and architect at NSA, and he's basically trying to tell people, look, understand, they're surveilling everybody. There's nobody who is immune here. So anytime the NSA wants to focus in on somebody like Trump, it's child's play. They can do it. And one of, uh, I believe it was Binney's revelations is, that Obama, in the waning days of his administration, signed an order that allowed other intelligence agencies to go into NSA records and files of surveillance and access those files without uh, court orders, warrants, anything of the kind. FBI, CIA could go in there and take out whatever they wanted and, of course, use it for whatever means they wanted to. So, I mean, now the door is completely wide open. So suppose, for example, uh, the FBI decides, well, we want to to leak something here. We want to bring it out in the open, whether that's James Comey's decision, head of the FBI, or some other level of FBI agent. It seems to me that whoever has been, uh, quote, wiretapping Trump and Trump team is some government entity. That is, people have a mistaken idea that once you become president, suddenly all the agencies just turn their head to you and bow their knee and say, you are the king and what do you want us to do? No, these agencies are essentially rogue they just keep on spinning in the direction that they're already going unless somebody stops them. So you have many people 
who are in these side these agencies who are loyal to the Clintons, to Obama, to Bush, to all sorts of people, and they will continue to do what they believe to be in the best interest of themselves and the people that they're attached to. So that's where I think the leaks are coming from. And then they, you know, they could be passed through to reporters, to CIA assets who work for major media outlets, and then suddenly there's a story in the Washington Post or the New York Times or wherever. No, absolutely, absolutely right, John. Uh, we just, um, we got about six minutes until the break, and I wanted to, to, if we could segue into an article that is on your website, nomorefakenews.com. You wrote this, uh, uh, piece yesterday. You're censored because something, someone might get the wrong idea. And I really like the way that, um, that you put this together. You, in the article, begin, um, you know, talking about an example, um, you know, how people could get the wrong idea and maybe be offended by something you say. And you talk about being on an, a radio show, you were being interviewed, and somebody brought up the fact that the, uh, the U.S. medical system kills 225,000 people a year in the U.S. And you say the interviewer, interviewer asked whether mentioning this could dangerously convince people not to go to a doctor. And, um, Maybe we shouldn't talk about this because it could give people the wrong idea, uh, was the statement. And you said that you're glad that that was brought up. Um, let's talk about this. When the truth sure. becomes dangerous. <laughs> the truth becomes dangerous, sure. Uh, it was a very interesting interview because this person had and has wide experience in major media. So he said to me at one point, he said, well, I'm giving you the other side. I said, there is no other side. I don't think he expected me to say, or something to that effect. I said, you're incorrect. This isn't a game where you balance one side against the other. He said, but that's what the news does. I said, no. Maybe the news does that, but that's not their correct mission statement. What they're supposed to do is find out the truth and present it, period. He, I think, was kind of playing a game with me, understood that. But he was persistent, nevertheless, in bringing up the other side at every possible moment where I said something controversial. So this feeds into the idea that people should be censored or censor themselves from saying something that other people uh, could interpret and get the wrong idea. Now, when this idea this sense of things becomes pervasive throughout culture and society and so forth, and it does because of the surveillance state and other reasons, then people censor themselves. Then people begin to have this, what I would call a fake social conscience, which is, well, I better not say that because somebody might take it the wrong way. Well, after 30 years of being a reporter, I can tell you that there are people who will always take anything you say the wrong way. I've had numerous communications over the years from people who talk about articles of mine that they've read, and then they tell me what they have concluded, and my response is, you must have been reading somebody else. It wasn't me, because how could you come to this conclusion about what I was saying? You're living on a different planet. 
I didn't say anything like that. I think you took this statement and you rolled it up, and then it suddenly turned out to be uh, no one should ever see a doctor under any circumstances. Well, if that's your idea, I'm afraid that I have to say that's your problem. It's a problem with your mind and your mental capacity because I'm not going to stop telling the truth. But that's a place that we have come to in our society. And I think that statements, for example, that Trump made during the campaign were interpreted through that lens. Yeah. Globalism. Let's, let's end globalism. Ooh, that's a dangerous thing to say. People could get the wrong idea about that. You heard a chorus of outrage from major media about statements like that. He's dangerous. He's just talking off the cuff here. He's shooting from the hip. And people could get the wrong idea because the entire world is a globalist structure and we must not disturb it because then we would have chaos. Doesn't he realize that? And so on and so forth. Yeah, and I like what, what you, uh, is written in the article. Um, as soon as somebody says something that offends another person, doesn't sit with them right, then their problem of being offended becomes your problem. That's how our society uh, is operating today, and it's just mind-boggling to me. I mean, I wish I had the luxury when I was a kid and a teenager to, you know, to get a safe space every time somebody said something I disagreed with. I mean, I would have had my own, you know, addition to the house with my dad John, if I got there. John, I, I showed him that. where his safe space was, believe me. And, and you go on in the article, and you make the... the uh, 100% accurate assessment. This is psychological warfare. And it's even worse than that because it's an emotional warfare too. Some people, you know, feel bad if they offend somebody. They, they feel, especially, you know, we'll say the gender identity thing. If somebody is called, you know, uh, they say, hey, uh, sir, you can't do that. And, and this, the person gets offended because you use the, the, the word sir instead of, you know, Zen, Zai, whatever they want to be called. Um, and then they make a big deal about it. And then all of a sudden you're the bigot. You're the racist. You're the, the one who doesn't understand. And it is, it's a psychological and emotional warfare. And, and people we don't need to play. play. The game. Yeah, we should not even, we should not play the game. We should not worry about offending people. And we see hate speech laws coming in, in Europe. They have them in Europe. They're coming in Canada, uh, where if you offend somebody, you can be charged with a crime. You can be fined. You can even be put in jail if you're a repeat offender. Absolutely. I pray it never comes to this country. We have the First Amendment and I hope it stands. But it is a problem that is ongoing and it seems as though, um, What's the most troubling about this, and we're coming up against the break here in a minute, John. But what's most troubling about this is that not only are you know these these little groups who band together um, coming out and promoting the you know being offended and triggered and you know how it's basically hate speech, but they have the the establishment backing them, all these corporations backing them, the mainstream media backing them. Not only that, they're playing into it and adopting. Uh, you know, these special groups, uh, special snowflake rights, and it's alienating the rest of the country, leaving no room for dialogue or debate because any opposition to their beliefs becomes intolerant hate speech. And they're silencing us, you know, all across the board because, not because of offensive content, but because content that is in opposition to what they believe. Folks, we're talking with John Rappaport of, 
no more fake news.com. We'll be right back after this. Stay with us. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. There shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Erickson. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and the Hagman Report family. Masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Train Coast in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to aging major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We are offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HADMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Armies kit at www.changewithwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. Hello, everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Let me tell you something. John Rappaport is our guest. This guy has got his finger on the pulse of the news, and he's able to analyze what's important, separate fact from fiction, 
and focus on what's important to you, to, to me, to all of us. If you go to his website to nomorefakenews.com, you would, and I would be remiss not to promote the matrix revealed. Um, you're talking about a wonderful collection, folks, of information. 250 megabytes of information, over 1100 pages of text. It's a PDF document, uh, 10 and a half hours of audio. And the, the bonuses alone are worth the money. He's got a complete 18 lesson course, logic and analysis, which includes the written teacher's manual and an audio to guide you. This is fantastic. And, and, and that was previously $375 alone. That's worth the price of admission plus two. Okay. And then, of course, uh, AIDS Inc. Uh, that exposed the conspiracy of scientific fraud deep within the medical research establishment. Those are just two of the bonuses. In addition to everything else I mentioned, you visit nomorefakenews.com and, and for one, the matrix revealed it's, it's a, just a wonderful investment for your knowledge. Before we get back to John, folks, traveling, when you're traveling, I, I believe in this so much. We have, our family uses nothing but, uh, satellite phones from SatellitePhoneStore.com SatellitePhoneStore.com No, that's not Ben. See that? It's actually a directional antenna. And uh, these phones are fantastic. They work just like cell phones, just like a regular phone. And they're about, I mean, they, they, they cost about as much. So in, in terms of the plans, they're not that expensive anymore. If you're listening to my voice, I want you to contact Eric Tallman, SatellitePhoneStore.com. That's SatellitePhoneStore.com. Give him a call. Ask for their Iridium 9555 model. That's this model right here. Let me tell you, it really works. Iridium 9555. And so when all heck breaks loose, the phones go down, you actually have a way to communicate with your wife, your family. Uh, Here it is right here. Again, satellitephonestore.com, satellitephonestore.com. And during the break, we were out with John, John and I and Joe were talking. And one thing that was on his Twitter feed, if you, if you don't follow John Rappaport on Twitter, definitely do that. Uh, and I saw this and I, I'm glad he, I'm glad because I wanted to ask him about this Zika virus or Zika, Zika vaccine. Watch out. It will alter your DNA and it takes, takes you back. It only takes you back to the, uh, his blog. John, what, what in the world? Zika vaccine altering your DNA? Yes, indeedy. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you the short summary first. I've been covering deep medical fraud for 25 years, 30 years now. So I tend to recognize it when it pops up. You might remember couple of years ago in Brazil, there was an announcement of a sudden outbreak of a birth defect called microcephaly, babies being born with smaller heads and brain damage. Horrific thing. But upon looking into what the Brazilian researchers were coming up with, they were immediately claiming that they had the cause of all of this and it was something called the Zika virus, which had never been known to cause any harm in human beings at all. So how do they say, on what basis do they say they know that this virus is causing this birth defect? Well, 
this is the kind of thing I've researched for a long time. The first thing they have to do is establish a really powerful correlation. Where we see cases of this birth defect in babies, we inevitably see the presence of this virus in those babies in large amounts. Well, they did nothing of the kind. In fact, their correlation between the virus and the birth defect was so scanty and so thin that it really constituted counter-evidence against Zika virus as a cause. It's the kind of thing that in an honorable, honest research lab would send the researchers back to the drawing boards and they would say, well, we don't have it. We've got to look further to find out what's really happening here because our, this is not panning out. The Zika has nothing to do with this. But they didn't. They just kept on pushing it. And the CDC and the World Health Organization and everybody jumped on board. And women were afraid to get pregnant. And where can we travel where we don't catch the Zika virus? And the story goes on and on and on. So I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. What's the vaccine going to look like? Well, it turns out that this is the next generation of vaccines. They are called DNA vaccines. In fact, the New York Times in 2015 wrote an article on this, extensive article, which is quoted in my article about Zika. This vaccine, the researchers claim, consists of synthesized genes that they synthesize genes that they believe will create immunity for you to specific diseases and conditions. They will load these genes into viruses and inject them into your body. And the genes will do their work and somehow produce immunity to whatever the disease happens to be. But, and this is spoken right out in the open, but the genes that they inject into your body will become part of your DNA permanently not just a visit now your DNA is added to it's different and I see no reason not to assume that when we're talking about future generations adults pass down their DNA to children and so on and so forth well if your DNA is altered that's what you're passing down and the Zika virus vaccine is going to be that kind of vaccine. There are studies underway as we speak. It is one of several different candidates that are being considered now. It is the next generation of vaccines. So what we're talking about here, folks, is nothing less than a grand experiment with the world population as the guinea pigs to see what happens when you permanently put synthetic genes into people's DNA, whether you're talking about Africa, the United States, Asia, doesn't matter where, if indeed this is the next generation of vaccines, this is what's going to happen. Results? They have no idea. In fact, in the Times article, they queried a Nobel Prize winner named Dr. David Baltimore, and they said to him, well, so what do you think about this new generation of vaccines? And he said, well, yes, or yeah, mm-hmm. He said, although I could see that some people might be leery about having their DNA altered. <laughs> really? Really, do you think so? Yeah. 
So that's where this is all heading. For a virus that has never been proved to cause any condition, develop a vaccine against it, which will alter your DNA. And people will invariably ask, to what end? Altering the DNA? Gee, is that so bad? I mean, you know, to what end? Um, Yeah. And I'll pass that question (laughs) to you. To what end do we know? Well, you need to understand that the DNA of humans is there to assist in life, in survival, in what you do from the time you're born to the time that they lower your body into the ground. So if you want to tinker with that, oh, let's add this to it. Well, well, since we did that, let's add that. Because for every one of these vaccines, not just, you know, every one of these vaccines is going to be injecting synthetic genes. So we're now talking about many alterations to your DNA. And on top of that, let's just take this out a further step and say, this provides an ideal experimental ground for creating a different society. Scientists in some colloquium, group, whatever, say, look, uh, we have a chance to try to create more obedient, compliant, passive human beings here if we can find the genes to do it because we can insert these in vaccines and who's going to look into it? We'll claim that we're preventing a very uh, threatening disease and we just put these genes in and we track these people and see what happens. Do they, in fact, become more obedient, compliant, passive? If so... We have found the Holy Grail because now we can create populations where people just look to the leaders and say, what do you want us to do? We're going to follow orders, period. On the other hand, we can take certain people and try to insert genes into their body that will make them more strong, have a higher pain threshold, have greater endurance, perhaps raise their IQ, and we would naturally think of them as future leaders will create a two-tier, three-tier, four-tier society. These things are not science fiction in the sense that geneticists, and I quote one in the article, they are seriously talking about this as the future. This is the engineered society. So what's behind it? Well, that's behind it. Very interesting. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's just mind-boggling. Mildly disturbing. Yeah, just just a little bit. Um, now I'm just going over some of uh, um, the different things you have posted on your website here. The health care bill, we saw that that was withdrawn. Uh, let's talk about the uh, politics inside Washington, inside the, the Capitol and, and the White House. What would you, what do you suspect is going on here? We saw that the healthcare bill was pulled for lack of support, then that decision was politicized by both the left and the right. We know that the climate is very hostile, anti-Trump inside Washington. You have, you know, the extreme leftist Democrats like Pelosi, Maxine Waters, and Schumer calling for impeachment. Um, you have the wiretapping claims, you have the whole news media against Trump. Um, how much of this is on Trump, do you think, to get some of this legislation through that he wants to? One being the health care bill, taxes, uh, we'll say. And how much of this is on Congress? 
Well, I think a lot of it is on Congress. That's a major center of resistance here. And, of course, the media is pushing the narrative in the direction that they want to push it. For example, during Obama's administration, the House Congress basically voted against Obamacare on some level or voted for a change in it 60 times, 60, 60. But, of course, none of that worked because Obama could veto, and he did. Now we have an attempt to pass one version of health care that just failed once. And the media are portraying this like, well, that's it. That's the end of the world. Trump is finished. Total humiliation. He's going down. What are they talking about? This happens all the time in presidential administrations. A bill is introduced. It fails. And now we're seeing stories about how they're going to reintroduce a different kind of a bill. In fact, some Republican congressmen just introduced a one-sentence bill that said Obamacare is repealed. Why not? You know, so this is just all cooked up, ginned up, made to be boiling over the top as if this represents a humiliating, horrendous defeat for the president, and it reveals that he has no support within Washington on anything, and so on and so forth. What's happening here is people in Congress are gathering up their forces, those who want to resist Trump in every way possible on every issue. It doesn't matter what it is health care, taxes, bringing back jobs to America, uh, immigration legislation, you name it. Their entire agenda is, if Trump says yes, we say no. We don't care what it is. We don't care what it is. You know, if, if uh, meteors were falling from the sky and Trump wanted to try to do something about it, if it was Trump, Congress would be against it. It doesn't make any difference. So, again, the program goes on. He's not really the president. It's all a fake. It's a fraud. Russia hacked the election. Uh, he should be impeached. He should resign. He'll never finish four years. Uh, you've got people out there even calling for killing him. Mental insanity. <laughs> insanity. He's unbalanced. He, he's incompetent, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever will stick against the wall. And the idea, of course, is, and this is traditional propaganda. I think we discussed this earlier a little bit. You throw as much stuff against the wall as you can of every kind because it's a numbers game. If we throw 5,000 things at the wall and uh, 12 of them stick, well, that's pretty good. Those 12 could uh, really make a dent in Trump. So let's just keep throwing stuff against the wall. doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> and, and you might be honest on something there. They might literally be throwing things against the wall and just yeah. picking what's, <laughs> what sticks. Um, sure. I, w- I want to ask you this. So uh, in this climate, uh, it seemed like Obama, as a president, had a lot more authority and power than Trump does. Is that because of all the factors working against him, including the media and members of his own party? Or is there some truth to that, that, that Obama was, did have more power and authority? Well, both things are true. 
because Obama had the media on his side and because he had, uh, you know, his party was firmly in back of him, which is not the case with Trump uh, and other, you know, factors. I mean, Obama was an agent of globalism in the White House, let's face it. He was and, and is an agent. His primary job, in fact, as far as I'm concerned, was to see through the Trans-Pacific Partnership to completion and make sure that that treaty was passed, which would have put uh, globalist corporations in even greater power positions than they are now on several counts, very significant counts. For example, tribunals where if your nation is exporting some horrendous product to my nation through corporations and I don't want to accept that, suddenly you lodge a complaint and we go into a corporate tribunal, which is not of your country or my country, and these corporate titans and their lawyers decide whether or not I have the right to reject this toxic, horrendous pesticide or drug or whatever. And if they decide against me, which they most assuredly will, then I either pay billion-dollar fines or I accept the product. I'm up against the wall, this kind of thing. Well, Obama completely failed to pass the TPP. That did not put him in a good light with his handlers because he was there to advance the cause of globalism, and he had massive backing in order to do that. Well, in certain ways, he was successful, but when it came to that, he was an utter failure. And I believe that certain important people let him know that, and that that is one of the reasons that he is sticking around and not simply fading into the twilight because they said to him, your job is not finished, buddy. We put you there to do important things, and the most important thing you didn't do. Now we've got this wild, crazy cowboy in the White House who wants to defeat globalism on every front, stop corporations from taking jobs out of America and going overseas, making them come back, making them pay tariffs, shredding these globalist trade treaties like NAFTA and so forth. We don't like this at all. So you're going to stick around and become the community organizer you always were, and you're going to have troops at your disposal, about 30,000 people at least, and you're going to do whatever you can to sidetrack and derail and destroy Trump. So he is a major player in this game to bring down Trump as well. The major media gave Obama a free ride time after time after time after time. When they criticized him, it was always in context. Well, he's a, he's a president. He is a prestigious president. He's the first black president. And, yes, this thing, this policy doesn't make sense. Okay, that's the way they, they wrote him up. With Trump, uh, he talked to somebody on the phone, and now he must be insane and impeachable. You know, I mean, that's night and day we're talking about there. <laughs> John, who, along with Obama, who would you identify as the enemies within, within the Beltway, or within the administration? 
CIA, NSA, major players. The CIA, since the beginning, has always assumed that it was the President of the United States, starting with Alan Dulles when he became the head of the CIA. You know, he had carte blanche, he had a big budget, he had secrecy, he could go anywhere in the world and do whatever he wanted on behalf of whatever his agenda is, and I believe that that has been sustained and maintained through many directors since then. CIA does not like somebody going off the reservation. They have their agenda, which has turned into a globalist agenda behind the scenes, and the NSA likewise. I would say they are major, major players. In addition to that, I would say that cabinet posts, people have to understand, agencies like the FDA, the CDC, uh, NIH, the National Institutes of Health, I'm, I'm getting on the medical side of things, but you can go into other areas like the Environmental Protection Agency and so on and so forth. These gigantic bureaucracies keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. They stay there no matter who the president is. They are the unelected. They have agendas. They have regulations that they form that are supposed to be uh, coinciding with established law but they're often not. They just simply write up gigantic lists of rules and regulations that everybody has to follow. They say they're consonant with existing law. They're not, but they are making law, these agencies. And a lot of the law that they are making centers more and more power in the government, not the limited government we heard about at the formation of the republic, nothing remotely resembling it. Jefferson and Adams and Madison, if you brought them back and you took them to Washington and explained what's happening, you know, they would they would lose it totally. What did you do? Under what auspices did anyone think you could create this monstrosity of power? centralized when everything that we did was to stop that from happening. So these power centers, these agencies that I've just mentioned, for example, they tend to be much toward the political left, much toward uh, socialism, uh, in fact, which is government ownership or control of uh, the nation, business, means of production. They tend to be very much in the globalist camp, which is we want basically one nation, which is planet Earth, no borders, no sovereign nations, no independence for anybody. Talk about a swamp. I mean, this swamp does not end. So, as I wrote recently, if Trump Assume for the moment that Trump is who he says he is, whether you like him or you hate him, that he wants to return to nationalism rather than globalism. It would take a string of presidents like that to clean out the swamp, backed up, and this is the most important thing, by we the people, because without that enormous backing, 
everything would fall on deaf ears. This is not a job draining the swamp that can happen in four years or eight years. I'm sorry, this has been many more than a 100 years in the making on purpose. And these people do not dislodge easily. And, and you know what, Joe, John, I mean, he does a great job in pointing this out through his writings, his materials. Again, visit uh, No More Fake News, follow him on Twitter. Uh, his, his products uh, and his research products are just fantastic. Uh, go ahead, Joe. I, I didn't. No, it, yeah, as well as his YouTube channel. Folks, if you go to nomorefakenews.com, right on the left-hand side, you'll see the Twitter icon, the YouTube icon, and make sure you book um, on John's site. He's got great investigative content that's fresh just about every day, and uh, he has his own personal spin on it, which makes it um, really fun to read. i got to tell you. I just it, got it, done it, reading it, it, why I decided to work for Putin and the Russians. Thank you for that. <laughs> I mean, with all the craziness that's going on in the world and, and, and you know, Got a uh, sense of humor. Absolutely. And that, that one, uh, made me smile the whole time I was reading for it. And it makes sense, you know. Uh, why not? Everybody, all 200,000 websites, uh, you know, <laughs> right. they needed money. They had to help out Trump and, and you know, that was their agenda. I mean, the, the buffoonery, what are you gonna do? The buffoonery in the media is just mind boggling. Uh, John, we only got about a minute left before the break. Any upcoming appearances you want to promote? Anything you're working on, uh, that we should keep our eye on out, out for? Uh, no appearances particularly, but as you say, I do write every day, so there are new articles up on at No More Fake News every day. People can sign up for the email list, and it's been great talking with you guys. I really enjoyed it. It's been great having you, and I know uh, that we've been posting some of your stuff on our website. I'll make sure that uh, I put that fresh content, content up yep. daily uh, uh, from nomorefakenews.com. And, uh, yeah, it has been a fantastic interview. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Time. All right. It's folks. John Rappaport from NoMoreFakeNews.com. Great guy. Wow. And intelligent. We'll be right back with Stan Dale. Don't go anywhere. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. 
Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. At HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Each and every Tuesday, we are honored to be joined by Standeo from Standeo.com. Folks, go to Standeo.com, bookmark the website. It's updated with fresh news and informative content each and every day, as well as the show images page, which is right on the right-hand side of the microphone under the YouTube icon, where you can follow along with what Stan's going to be talking about, uh, the researches he puts together, and pictures are all on there. And um, we get into a lot of good stuff with Stan. So. So, so Stan is a great guy, and he's someone that, you know, anytime I've got a, a physics question or a, a question of Earth, write to Stan. And prep question, write to Holly. <laughs> it's it, really that simple. And Dare to Prepare, Prophetic Perils, Holly, Stan, uh, Cosmic Conspiracy, anything about that. Stan. That's, that's all Stan. Before we get to Stan, I want to mention that T.C. Joseph, have you gone? Have you gotten his books? Oh, my goodness. I've gotten a lot of great feedback over the last couple of days. I don't know if there was a sudden surge of people reading and, and, and writing back, but I got a lot of great emails about T.C. Joseph's This Generation series. Okay. Uh, just and he'll be on with us soon. Yes, yes. Um, three books he's written. Okay. Uh, book one is Precipice, book two is Pentecost, book three is Penance. If you go to thisgenerationseries.com, you can read all about them. Follow T.C. Joseph on social networking there at his website. You can find him on Facebook and Twitter, of course. And his books are on Amazon. And Kirkus reviews, Blue Ink reviews, marvelous, extremely good reviews. Uh, folks, but, but these three books really, and give them the non-believers. Who, who relish in that fiction. There are a lot of people out there who like to read fiction. 
this is where Bible prophecy and fiction collide. And and T.C. Joseph is a master, I mean, an absolute master at at writing, uh, you know, making this making the connection between biblical prophecy and uh, character development in a fictional series called This Generation Series. T.C. Joseph, glad to have him, and glad uh, that he's written his books. T.C. Joseph at thisgenerationseries.com. Joe. Stan, welcome back to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Took a little bit of a holiday, and uh, that was about a half-a-day holiday yesterday, and now we're back to work. What'd you do? No, just had a Mexican meal. Just got out of the house for a while, out of the office. A go. lot of people have been worried about what's happening in the country, and uh, we uh, ordered more Holly's Book Dare to prepare, and it came in uh, yesterday. We had to uh, unload the skids and, and get them put up into the storeroom and mm. fill a bunch of orders, back orders that were waiting. Uh, I don't know what's doing it, but there are a lot of people out there that uh, are worried about getting ready for, I don't know, civil war or weather changes, earthquakes or whatever, but we're just seeing a, a massive upturn in interest in this. Anyway, the, that's, the, that's uh, what that's, we were doing our day off. We've been hearing more and more about that, too. I mean, people are, are uh, for a while, for, well, since Inauguration Day, people kind of took a vacation from prepping, and all of a sudden, it almost seems like there's a panic that's set in. And people within the last several days have been saying, "Whoa, uh, I don't like the way things are looking." So, and, and Dare to Prepare, folks, is the encyclopedia. Uh, if you want to know how to prepare answers to anything, there it is, right there. Dare to Prepare. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. Well, that's. I hope you. Yeah, we got a we got an uh, inquiry for her book uh, today from uh, Queensland, Australia, where that cyclone is hitting. And I'm yeah. thinking. Uh, you should have got this probably several months before the cyclone hit. You know? <laughs> they were showing yeah. on the news uh, down there in Australia. The 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 uh, it's the uh, Florida hurricane syndrome and the the grocery stores and stuff like that. You know, they look in the shelves; they're all empty. I mean, they were bare, nothing, not even a can or a piece of paper. Uh, so people raced to get prepared by cleaning off the shelves and probably buying a lot of stuff like broccoli in a can that nobody ever eats. But <laughs> What's the left? Uh, that's right. Dear. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, think, sorry. No, well, that's that's yeah. To to open up, Stan, I, I see this is uh, you have some of the show images about the cyclone Debbie in Queensland. This is a and we haven't talked about this on the show. It hasn't received a lot of coverage in the news. Um, Australia is being hit by one of the largest cyclones on record, and I believe. Yesterday evening or so, it made landfall, and um, it's a pretty nasty storm, Stan. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on? Well, uh, yeah, well, obviously it's a Category 4 uh, with uh, winds that are up to 163 miles an hour, as I show on the icons there. Um, the This is quite unusually, I think that's the biggest one ever hit in the area for that matter. Um, and people are concerned there because of the change in climate that would allow this to happen. Um, it's just part of a, a number of things that I see being caused by changes in the, the temperature of the northern hemisphere, uh, and hence the changing of the jet stream, um, which uh, I, I do have above that. Um, the As far as the cyclone, well, or the hurricane, 
um, gosh, I guess they're getting a taste of what we usually get over at uh, Florida. Um, and I'm just looking here now as I'm talking here to see if there's another thing we can get up there for the people. Um, guess not. Okay. Anyway, for for those of you that aren't familiar with Australia, if you look at Australia, you know, with North Pole being up, and you um, uh, go up to to the equator and then slip down, you know, probably be, um, well, the, the, the thickness of New Guinea, and you'll be at the top edge, uh, the right-hand edge of Queensland. Now, they do get, you know, uh, strong storms and things here, but this is just one that is really exceptional, which does tell us that the climate change that is occurring is not only in the northern hemisphere, it's doing something in the southern hemisphere as well because it's affecting them. Anyway, um, you know, they kind of laugh at us down there when we live down there about getting prepared for emergencies and things like that. And now I think that there are a lot of them that are going to have to eat crow or something. Yeah, crow. No, not that. Maybe some, maybe some lamb. They got plenty of those down there. All right. Now, the, if you go up above the pictures I've got there, 37 and 38, go up above them to 40 and 41 about the jet stream pictures. And click on number 40 first. It'll bring up a, a picture of the jet stream, the, the high-altitude north northern hemisphere jet stream, the polar jet stream, which is really kind of slipping down from the pole. Uh, if you look at that image, it says a year ago to the day, uh, there's a faint white line in the middle, which is the equator. And go upwards, and you see all those white streaks with uh, purple showing the high-speed uh, path of the jet stream as of about 30 minutes ago. Notice the distance from the equator, middle white line there, up to that, uh, that thick band of the polar uh, uh, jet stream, which has those white streaks in it. Look how far that is from the equator, and then go down underneath the, uh, jet the equator to the southern jet stream and see how far away from the equator it is. So it's saying, uh, the short way of what I'm trying to tell you is that the jet stream main path in the northern hemisphere is dropping down away from the pole toward the equator while it's behaving itself in the uh, south pole by staying close to the polar cap there around Antarctica. Um, now that was, that was last year now. Now if you go back to the uh, image 41, that's today, about 30 minutes ago, sorry. And you'll notice that now then, this is a year later, the southern uh, jet stream, polar stream, is also moving toward the equator and dropping away from the south pole. And the north pole um, is perhaps a little bit closer in some of the bottom parts of it. But what you see is a different pattern going through North America, which is causing a lot of the strange weather we're getting. It's, uh, you'll see the jet stream splits, goes high over some kind of uh, vortex you'll send there off the coast of uh, Washington and underneath it. And then they rip through the United States and then over in, mainly into the eastern states. And if you'll notice, we've been having the worst cold weather and rain and stuff being over in the New England states. And if you look at this map and see where the, the, the bottom part of the loop around of the north, uh, 
pulse jet stream. The bottom half and the top half, if they join together, they both hit over from about oh, Mississippi all the way up into Maine, and they just and, and where you guys are too, probably on the edge of it. Um, and so, are you seeing weather there that's uh, you know atypical for your your surrounding? You know, the the during the the winter, we talked about the mild. Uh, spurts we had in January and February, a week here, a week there, 50 and 60 degree weather, uh, you know, a lot less snow. But right now, you know, in the last few weeks and now, it seems to be we're in a good springtime weather cycle, 40s and 50s with rain. It has been, um, you know, pretty breezy and windy as of late in the last few weeks, but, um, you know, all seems normal now. Hmm. Well, from looking at this uh, map here, I would say that um, the jet stream is indicating you're going to get a change uh, significant here. I'm just going to look at that, uh, pull up the uh, null, uh, the earthnullschool.net thing, the, the image shot, and I want to look at the, okay, 1,000 foot, or uh, 850 on the, yeah, no. You should be getting on the North uh, New England states, you know, colder, wetter weather. And I think that maybe because you're on the western side of, of where that should be happening, is you you may not be getting the, the major part of it. It does look like the New England states will catch the majority of it, and that'd be right now over the next uh, two three days. Anyway, jet streams. Okay. Yeah, and. Um you know, with the, these mild, more mild winters we've been having, and we know that, you know, the increase in the, the storm systems from the tornadoes and whatnot, uh, that we saw early on in the year, that there are some uh, anomalies in, in the weather, weather cycle. And I was wondering about the jet stream. Obviously, the temperature has a lot to do with, you know, which way the wind is blowing from. Some people have speculated in the past that the jet stream, uh, or was it the, the, um, the oceanic, the Gulf Stream, Gulf Stream. Was, was something that that uh, was off a few years ago and hasn't gotten back to normal. Right. But there there does seem to you know to be some some changes in in the, our weather patterns. You know, I remember being a kid you know, from December until March. You had snow on the ground. It was cold. Uh, you know, when I say cold, I mean it stayed you know between zero and, and thirty degrees. Um, with a, a day here or a day there and nicer weather. But, you know, these last few years we've seen uh, much much more mild winters. And, uh, you know, I'm not complaining. I'll take it. But I wondered how much that had to do with the jet stream. Well, have a look at that uh, jet stream picture from today, just up on the side, and put a, a, a marker. You'd be um, probably in the green area there. Can you see that on your thing? Are you in the green or are you on the edge of the We're purple? Kind of on the edge. Yeah, yeah, we're right in the purple. Um, well, yeah. Are you? Yeah. But on the far edge of the purple, I guess. Yeah, well, maybe that's why you're getting, a, you know, the, the more balmy type weather because the greens that are buttoned up to that are, you know, like a warmer uh, temperature. So who knows? Maybe so. Mm. All right. All right. Now, um, we're going to talk a bit about earthquakes in uh, California. Um, I've been, look at image 31. This is the last 30 days worth of, um, Richter 2.5 or better in the uh, United States. You'll see over on the West Coast, uh, the white uh, circles are, you know, older 
I just pulled that just before we went on air just to show those. And what I've been doing is I've been taking every earthquake, 2.5 or greater, um, and putting it into a spreadsheet I'm working on, plotting the amount of energy released. Now, if they say a magnitude 4.5 has occurred somewhere, that means its energy is 10 raised to the power of 4.5. And so you have to do that with all the, the individual earthquakes. If it's a 4, if it's a 2, it'll be 10 squared. If it's a 4, it's 10 to the 4th power. Add that energy together, and that gives you a plot of the energy being released by all these smaller quakes in the west coast of the United States. Primarily, of course, in California and uh, in part of Oregon there at the Juan de Fuca plate, the foot of it. Anyway, what I've noticed is over the last mm, month and a half, it, it, there are periods where the amount of energy raises up slightly and then drops off, kind of a low wave. And then uh, as that wave starts to get a little bit stronger, you can expect within two or three weeks of that, the end of it, a major quake and then a bunch of small attending quakes. Well, right now, I'm expecting to see, well, in fact, I've already seen some of it. There's a four-point earthquake that occurred uh, in that area um, in the last oh, two or three days, two days, I guess it is, which is what I thought would happen. We'd have more release of energy. I'm still summing that. I didn't get it finished before it went on air. But um, the, the thing I'm trying to say is that this periodic uh, like sine wave of energy being released in all the quakes on the West Coast is giving me a new way to look at predicting, you know, when we can expect more severe activity in the West Coast, particularly in California, obviously. Um, image 32 is also interesting if you bring that up. That shows the uh, earthquakes at 4.5 and above over the last 30 days. And you will notice that there is a glaring lack of them on the west coast of the United States, zero, while other places on the west side of the Arc of Fire and west coast of South America, et cetera, they're all getting these earthquakes and larger ones, which they, they normally get, but we are totally silent. They we're not having any activity, which is why I've been running this energy sum uh, graph to figure out if... You know, we can give people a little bit of a warning for when they're going to get hit with a, a serious quake there. Now, the reason for that is image 33, if you look at that, the 33 and 34, both of them, um, the, the their videos, but their news videos uh, about new tremor studies uh, and new fault lines discovered huge uh, pressure building up on the Southern California coast. And these things are warning people that a, a big one uh, is, you know, not not far away, probably a Richter 7 to 7.3, which would do a lot of damage in uh, Los Angeles should it get uh, close to there. Um, and I, I think both of these are worth watching. They're only about a minute or two minute worth of video. But it, it's telling us that they're expecting the coastline to have a severe uh, earthquake. And they're calling it uh, the, the big one, and it could uh, significantly sink coastal California. That's in the uh, image 34. So look at those things and uh, realize that uh, Californians are better get prepared. I, I guess that's why we're getting a lot of inquiries about Holly's book from there. And also Steve Quayle's been telling about uh, what's happening over there and uh, Holly's book as well. So it, uh, if you live in California, listeners, um, 
pay close attention to this. We're getting very close to at least part of the big one coming down. Um, I think the Richter 9 up north is likely to be triggered sometime after we get a 7 or so down in Southern California. But it's time to get ready. Time to tell your friends and neighbors to uh, beef up on their emergency supplies and don't be a last minute Charlie running in and trying to empty the shelves of cans of broccoli to survive what comes after a big earthquake like that. Uh, you know, I've been saying all along that the USGS is not really allowed, uh, and, and wisely so, to just come out and say, okay, look, uh, according to our figures, in 18 days there's going to be Richter uh, 8 in California, blah, 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 and, uh, you know, goodbye, God bless you, because this would create panic, it would destroy property values. But what has been happening over the last few months is there's been little little articles coming out, little warnings about the new fault line discovered, and then another one here recently. And, you know, well, we've been saying that it, the, the likelihood is uh, so much in the next 10 to 20 years, but maybe it's going to be a little bit closer now. And it's trying to get people who are going to get prepared or get out of town uh, to do whatever they've got to do in time to uh, perhaps survive what is coming. So I think I think we, we watch what happens in California, and uh, we may be surprised at the activity there shortly. Okay, and there's been a lot of people that have uh, been speculating about the possibility for an earthquake in California. Some say it's long overdue. Um, you have different people saying that, you know, expect any, anywhere, even scientists saying, and geologists saying expect anywhere from a 7.0 uh, earthquake to a 9 point something um, up and down the California coast, anywhere from you know, Northern California down down to Southern California, and we know that you know there is uh, a lot less activity there. We haven't seen a, a, a major quake in a while, but let's hope that we can continue to uh, delay that as long as possible. Stan, I wanted to, to talk about an, uh, one, something you have on the show images page that I, I actually heard on the radio today. Uh, this story, and I have not seen it until here on your website. Largest ever dinosaur footprint discovered. What can you tell us about this? Well, um, it's uh, from a sauropod. Um, you know, there's a guy, they've got the picture in the article there, if you click on it, and they outline an area in the the rock that he's laying next to on that, that uh, flat area that used to be probably some kind of a, a marshy area. And you see the footprint is as big as this aboriginal man. Um, at 1.75 meters, they say, uh, you know, whatever that is in feet, uh, probably five, a little over five foot, something like that. But it's, it, the sauropod, uh, is a big fella. And, uh, I don't know if they have the pictures in that article of it, but uh, I think Holly has a link to it on our web, uh, website, uh, news, where you can see the comparison of the two. Um, it's one of those big, long-tailed, kind of graceful-looking, long-necked jobbies that, you know, eats off the trees and stuff. It's not a violent one. But what was interesting was this was in Western Australia, up on the northwest. Um, that area used to be connected to um, the east coast of India, where the uh, asteroid struck that made uh, the flood and all that kind of stuff. So that tells me that probably over... In the east coast, in the Kutupa Basin, or, or the, uh, um, yeah, Kutupa Basin, that there 
are probably a lot of dinosaur footprints and bones and stuff buried under a lot of uh, you know seabed and stuff that splashed up after the asteroid hit there. So, but it continues over into Australia, and of course, when Australia split off, uh, for them to find this does tell us that that was probably you know where uh, where they came from was over in India, that marching that way. Of course, the weather would have been a lot better. Uh, Australia would have been up uh, above the equator, and it would have been green and fertile, uh, you know, uh, verdant type stuff for these uh, tall leaf eaters to uh, make it, you know take advantage of. Um, and the climate would have been totally different. So it it just puts you know uh, when you put the Earth all back together again, like we've talked about for finding Eden and you know Atlantis and the flood and all that stuff. When you put it all back together, and you can see how. Uh, the Lord planned things for certain types of animals to roam first and go through areas and chew it up and, you know, the whole ecosystem uh, that was needed to support them. And then, you know, mankind, it just, uh, I don't know, it brings it a lot closer to me to see these kind of things. What about you, Joe? You know, it's, uh, it is an interesting thing, and um, it does I'm not sure, I don't know if it really looks like a dinosaur print to me. It looks like a big stone slab, but... Uh, obviously, that's uh Oh, you doubt they, know, you? they know what they're talking about. No, but, you know, it looks more uh, like a duck, a duck's footprint, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. A big duck. But it is uh, mind-boggling to think the size of these creatures that once roamed the same earth that we do. Um, and, and I find dinosaurs fascinating. Um, I just I don't think we really understand uh, a lot about you know the history's convoluted when they lived and how they came about. It stands set well, though. I think God planned this out pretty oh, yeah, well. Yeah. No, know? I believe absolutely uh, God planned this out right. I just think we as humans, uh, you have the agenda and, and ideology behind mainstream science and what they, their version of things having to you know tie into evolution uh, versus the biblical view and, and trying to figure out what the truth is because, you know, the Bible doesn't really address dinosaurs to say, uh, you know, this is when they lived and, and what happened to them, but there are some some hints in there. Uh, we only have a few minutes before the break. Stand. There's a question stand here from a listener. Um, if you want to take this, George, uh, I'll just George is his first name. San Andreas is a strike slash slip fault. Is this correct? Uh, San Andreas. I believe is, that it's, it's yeah. uh, registered as that. Uh, what uh, did what did he want to know something well, about that or what? Okay. Well, no, there's a couple of questions on, then. then well, the other one is Cascadia is a subduction fault. Is that yep. correct? Okay. Yep. Won't the spider web of faults in the Bay Area and the LA Basin cause uh, it cause flooding and the sliver of land to the west of the San Andreas slide northwest? Uh, the Cascadia will have will the Cascadia will the Cascadia have a tsunami as well? That's the essence of his questions. Yeah, um, there may be like you know some tide rise or you know some sea level rise uh, because it's coming along a strike fault. It would be moving the the wave uh, like toward the north instead of inland or out to sea, where you get the tsunamis that are uh, you know quite uh, destructive. Uh, I the thing I'm wondering about is since the Juan de Fuca plate is locked and it needs to release a lot of energy over a Richter 9 uh, amount of energy. Even though it, it is like 
east-west type uh, subduction type uh, fault. The one coming up from uh, an earthquake release in the Los Angeles uh, Bay Area there would that hitting at right angles to that uh, that that Mendocino fault line up there cause the Cascadia thing to then uh, you know release its energy? And Stan, I, we're we're, yeah. we're up against the the okay. break here. Okay. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll pick up right when we where we left off. Uh, could that ca- could the Cascadia cause that energy? Folks, you're listening to Stan Dale on this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. StanDale.com is the website. Bookmark it for a bunch of interesting news and content. And on the other side, Stan, I want to talk to you about this. I've been checking out your photo of the day, the video of the day, the Crazyville Hall of Shame, and all the different uh, options you have on the side of your website. And there's some good stuff in there for today. Uh, folks, we'll be right back with Stan Dale after this. For the news and articles that matter most, stay tuned. We will be right back. There shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you could possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric's. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family, masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Kang Post in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to aging major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We're offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Armies kit at www.changehostandwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. Hello, everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless.
citizen edition of the Hagman Hagman Report. Stan Dale's our guest, stantdale.com. Go to his show images page. I just want to pass along a tip. I, I saw actually linked off of uh, stantdale.com. And, you know, if you're forced to evacuate your home for whatever reason, or, or, or let's say you're going to go on vacation for a week or whatever, a couple of days, uh, you know, a lot of times people don't know when their power goes out. Um, maybe you've got a, a freezer. How do you know if your food, if the power went out, for example, and if you don't have a whole house generator, if your food thawed and refroze? Well, before you leave, take a cup of water, freeze it, put it in the freezer, and put a quarter on top of a cup of water. You come back to your home, check on it. If the quarter is still on top, that means that the freezer did not thaw or there's no thawing taking place in the freezer. And if it's on the bottom, you know that you had a reasonably complete thaw, and uh, you ought not eat the food, depending on what it is, of course. And that's my tip of the day. How's that? That's actually from Standale's website, greeninnovative.com, folks. 10% off to the end of the month. I want to thank Alan Riggs for extending uh, his gratuity to our listeners. Go to greeninnovative.com for the GMAG power cell. That's a rechargeable battery device, excellent device. We use them. I love those things. Salt, water, bang. You have, you've got a rechargeable or a battery charger. Rechargeable battery charger. Greeninnovative.com. And, and this is great because the owner, Alan Riggs, has extended 10% off until April 1st, midnight, April 1st. So please take advantage of that if you didn't do so before. Greeninnovative.com, 10% off through the 1st of April. Stan Dale, Stan, back to you, sir. We were talking about the fault lines before, I think. Uh, Joe, what were we talking about? Um, I think the Cascadia Mountains sliding into the ocean. Yeah. All right, uh, all right. We're going to ask some questions about our our main web uh, site, our, you know, the news uh, site. Yeah, no, I, I was going through. Um, uh, oh, one of the last times we talked, I told you I did not utilize your your website's photo of the day's feature, um, you know, video of the day, the good news, the Crazyville news, uh, and I was looking at, at something. I think this was under Crazyville. Students told to write 9-11 essay from terrorist viewpoint. I don't know if you saw this or not, yeah. but um, uh, what do you, what do you Madness, make of this? Madness, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one word for it. Um, you know, with the what's going on with the curriculums in schools today, you have this uh, mash, uh, you know, perverse push for the LGBT agenda to be pushed and promoted in schools, religion, uh, specifically Christianity is being taken out of schools. And you have these uh, liberal professors and teachers from universities to, to schools that are so, you know, anti-Trump, so uh, far left that they're indoctrinating their kids and even going so far as to expel, uh, fail, and, and marginalize children who have views differing from uh, their own professors. But this is something that is troublesome. Why would a, a uh, an, inst- an institution of education or even a teacher 
I, I just don't understand how they can justify it. What possibly could the students learn except how to sympathize with terrorists from completing an assignment like this? Um, that's the only thing I can see. It, uh, you know, trying to make the, the, I mean, it's like trying to make the, the case uh, in a paper on why your know, homosexual viewpoint is what it is. You know, it, it, no, it's just not a good thing. It's part of a whole bunch of stuff they're doing to try to bring this country down. Um, yeah, there um, was that that story, and then I don't know if you saw the uh, the one on there about Podesta. Um, you have Tony Podesta and John Podesta. John Podesta being uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign manager. He has been caught... Uh, with stocks that he did not disclose during the campaign, making it a crime. Also, uh, Russian banks that he was being paid to um, to lobby for for to get sanctions lifted. And now Tony Podesta is making five hundred thousand dollars lobbying for Chinese firm convicted of illegal sales to Iran. The uh, I guess what I wanted to ask you with this is is since this continues to be prevalent in the news, the the story that's being pushed about the the trump russia collusion um i don't know if you if you have any comments on this but it's just really getting old to me uh they continue to promote this story as though you know they've already uh had a a uh, trial and trump's been found guilty even though no evidence has been presented not one shred of evidence and we have obama working behind the scenes do you see an end to this russia trump narrative uh, even if facts come out that they say nothing, well, they've already come out and said nothing is. Uh, can There'll be probably in there be with... banners with that kind of stuff written on it uh, during the revolution that's about to start. Uh, I just expected any tick of the clock that somebody's going to say they've had enough and start uh, marching with guns or bombs or whatever, and then it's going to be utter chaos in this country. Yeah, and I I agree with that, and that, that takes us right into the next topic, the the American Spring. I've been seeing a lot of uh, talk about this American Spring in Huntington Beach. You had a bunch of anti-Trump protesters storm a, a Trump rally, uh, a pro-Trump rally, where uh, they were actually arrested. The the anti-Trumpers, but in Arizona, there were uh, more anti-Trump protesters wearing masks, carrying around, uh, you know, guns. Which, you know, if you want to protest with guns, open carry, that's fine. But to do it with masks, I can't imagine. I mean, that's a crime. Um, and it looks like wow. Soros and Obama are pushing for some kind of violence to erupt uh, for, you know, around the beginning of May, end of April, beginning of May, when it starts to get warmer, to further their agenda of chaos. And it doesn't look like we're, we're it looks like they're moving full steam ahead. You know, I got an email from a fellow that uh, listens to your show and uh, it was a gracious email he was telling me about how he when I originally started talking your show last year maybe even before last year about uh, our uh, our visit to Holly me down to the uh, Hopi uh, Shankopavi tribe and how we were uh, allowed to know the prophecy keepers uh, vision of what is to come to America soon and that was in 96 and of course they say when you ask the Hopi uh, you know a prophecy man know what does soon mean he kind of just says soon that's it and so in 96 we thought right he said that America is going to be destroyed from first of all a multi-sided multi-faceted civil war that will break out across America everywhere
drive, it will be evaded, invaded by China and Russia and one Middle Eastern country. Um, and uh, in essence, there will be an occupying, occupying force for a short time, and then they'll leave because the weapons of war that they use to come and get us will make most of North America uninhabitable, They're not along the front range and uh, down into uh, the Arizona, top of Arizona and uh, southern part of Utah. That'll still be okay. And so the Hopi were telling us, you know, there will be survivors from what happens in America, groups that will come and join with the Hopi, and we will go up into the Four Corners and and uh, make a new uh, United States, our new uh, nation there of the people that survive. And the guy said, you know, I, I heard you say that, and I thought at the time, well, okay, Stan, that's, you know, maybe. But he says, now then, reading current events and seeing how close we are to that uh, multifaceted civil war, like every heartbeat, he said, now I understand what they said was true, and uh, thank you for that. So, And, and I thank the fellow for telling me, because uh, we, we don't often get uh, feedback uh, from our listeners or your listeners as well. Uh, but anyway, we are headed toward that uh, situation, and it's all part of the uh, globalists trying to destroy America one way or another. And if the election had gone the other way toward the Democrats, toward uh, Hillary, um, I suspect that what would have happened after that is there would have been some series of events that would have made the right wing, you know, the conservative people, kick up a storm and protest and, you know, uh, either they would, either the world government uh, people would make a false flag uh, uh, attack by the quote-unquote right wing in the country, and that would have triggered a civil war. But it looks like this way here, they're just tickled to death to stir up trouble. And uh, so no matter which way it went, the, the Soros-type uh, globalists were going to win by destroying America from within. Uh, I just... It breaks my heart to watch this, but we've been expecting it for years. Yeah, you're right, and it is coming to a head, and, and it's getting more hostile and more divisive by the day. And there is no end in sight, especially when you have former Obama administration officials, you know, openly calling for you know revolution and opposition, and Obama working to hinder any way he can uh, the president and his administration. And um, the mainstream media, you know, not only cheering it along, but helping to drive that that agenda of of anger and violence right to the American people. And it is very sad. And it's going to end in violence if it continues this way, um, because the intolerant left wants you to believe exactly the way they feel. And if you don't believe their beliefs, then you're an in- intolerant, hateful bigot. And you need to be taken out, and that's their mindset, and it's very, it's very worrisome. Um, back to your show images page, uh, Stan. I see you got a lot, lot more stuff here that I want to get into. Um, number thirty-five. If we can go there, and then you take us where you want to go. Nazi map of Antarctica. Yeah, uh, you, you can click on either the picture or the the the, the text underneath. It'll take you to the site. Well, to Google or uh, to Google first, because you'll see it says translating in purple there, because this was translated from German to English. So you have to click on the translating button, and it will um, bring up a page uh, of this thing called ImperialGermans.com, and of course it was written uh, in German. But what you're seeing here is from the Nazi period of time when they were mapping the Antarctic uh, base 
for New Schwabenland. Plus, they had their eyes on the main Antarctic bay, uh, you know, ice shelf, calling it uh, Asgard, which kind of reminds you of uh, the Stargate show, the Asgard. But anyway, uh, the Nazis got this from you know ancient legends, and that's what uh, Stargate used in some of their stuff. But this tells us that they were very serious in 1939 about developing the Antarctic, and it just there. The, the the map they show is and the discussion of it is showing that the Germans could very well have uh, escaped to there, you know, with uh, certain high officers to form the UFO base or the flying saucer base that uh, we all suspect is down there. And this is why I wanted to put this out because there's such a lot of talk about what's going on down at the South Pole. Are there aliens there? Are they, have they melted the snow away from a, a lost city of the giants? Uh, are some of them alive? Um, you know, have the Germans made a deal with them and they're going to come back and make a, you know, a new uh, Fifth Reich or whatever? You know, I, I think it's interesting to just see what they say here and look at the map the location and factor that into what we've been hearing. Um, on the uh, the internet about uh, leaders, world leaders, astronauts, uh, important people all going down, prime ministers going down to the Antarctic, and it's not for a holiday, I'm sure, it's for something, and they all seem to be quite shaken by what they see down there. I think that it was this is just another piece of the puzzle. It, it was obviously, uh, you know, it's what, uh, 1939, 1940, you know, what this stuff was uh, put together for the, the Nazis. So you're looking at about 77 years ago, but it is it is important today. Um, and of course, to the right of that, uh, that image 35, image 36 talks about. Um, you know, it's a video that you go to, and the guy talks about the uh, the demons and disembodied spirits and whatever at Antarctic and Antarctica. Uh, yeah, reading in the article here, Stan, it talks about a land called Shambhala and it says yeah. the Tibetan monks still say that the city of Shambhala really exists but not on the surface of the planet but rather inside the planet I thought that was pretty interesting yeah um, that could be part of the you know, the hollow earth theory I don't think that earth is totally hollow don't get me wrong but I think there are shells within shells and uh, so the the thought that Shambhala might be uh, under, uh, you know, the North or South Pole, I think it'd be more like under South Pole. It doesn't worry me a bit. Uh, I know that, uh, I think it's uh, Steve Quayle and uh, Lynn Marzulli there, L.A. Marzulli, they have been uh, part of a documentary on the Hollow Earth. Uh, I haven't had a chance to view the trailer of it, but there seems to be a lot of evidence starting to uh, point us toward, you know, underground cities and uh, Perhaps uh, there is an opening that periodically opens and closes, like I said, at either the North or the South Pole or both, into that uh, vacant uh, shell just underneath our mantle. Uh, of course, that's another whole description or discussion about what causes that. But uh, uh, I've also, you know, been trying to tell people that they've been writing me about uh, my Atlantis discovery being Saudi Arabia, and I. They say, oh, no, it's over here in Bimini, and it's uh, the South Pole, now the Antarctic, that was Atlantis. And I say to them, it was part of the same culture, but the Atlantis island described by Plato was Saudi Arabia, or, or the Arabian Peninsula. It did not mean that the other 11 fallen ones, supermen that came to Earth with Poseidon, did not mean that they... Uh, 
you know, didn't set up their their own bases. And uh, I think the South Pole was a landmass, but you know, it wasn't always an ice mass before the flood. It was populated, and you know, we see evidence in the uh, South American ruins uh, in North America and in Europe, uh, uh, in China and in in Asia. Uh, we we see pyramid structures and, and archaeology, or sorry, architecture that archaeologists say uh, have the same basis in design and this would only have happened when all of the land masses were together in Pangea, all the continents were together and when these twelve as Plato calls them, sons of God or supermen, when they came to earth and divided up amongst themselves, they each took a portion and I think that they might have been portion defined by great rivers at the time, which of course etched the, the surface and so when the breakup of Pangea occurred it was a lot easier for the continents to form out of that, but where the rivers ran. So Antarctica, I think, um, is going to be a key to a lot of things, and I think the the revealing of what is down there will be the beginning of formal disclosure to the people of Earth that we are not alone and that there are extraterrestrials here. And whatever story they spin is going to be the basis for the great deception. I'm pretty sure I've spoken of Matthew that would fool even the very elect if such were possible. So keep an eye on Antarctica. I think it's worth it. Yeah, it is worth it. And I forget who we were talking about on our show, but that that exact Bible verse, if it were possible, it would deceive even the very elect. It makes me wonder what kind of fantastic um, you know, show would have to be put on for that to be possible. And it, it boggles the mind, uh, definitely boggles the mind. Anti-gravity um, is definitely going to be part of the the lure technologically that they'll they'll bring that into play. Um, secondly, they will um, bring in size. They will make ships that are like you know a mile in diameter, stuff like that, and make them do wondrous things in the sky and support over areas without any signs of uh, exhaust or that kind of stuff. And this will uh, amaze the engineers and physicists of the world. They will they, they'll win them over because they'll say, "Well, that's not from around here." You know, that's obviously technology that we we just can't understand. You know, blah blah blah. So these things, um, speed, uh, size, uh, other technologies, perhaps in medicine, in uh, cancer cures, um, uh, and in controlling the weather, they're going to bring all this to play so that it will be very easy for the people of Earth to accept this global government under the leadership of these fallen ones. Really, that's what they are. Okay. To serve hey. man on steroids. Go ahead, sir. Oh, outer limits, was it? Um, what was that? Uh, Twilight Zone. To serve man. Twilight uh, Zone, that's right. Yeah. 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 yeah they were a little bit slow doing the translation of the menu or the <laughs> yeah. uh, cookbook. Yeah. Uh, you know, I noticed something today. It's a minor thing, but you know, there's talk in the, in the news uh, that the United States is closer than ever to moving their embassy to Jerusalem. Yeah. And you might think, well, okay, they're just going to move the embassy over to Jerusalem. Big deal. Every other country of the gazillions that are having, you know, um, uh, foreign embassies set up there in Israel, all set them up in Tel Aviv. So any. Um, transactions or movements between any of these other uh, embassies there in Tel Aviv and the United States down in Jerusalem presents a logistical problem. You know, it's going to make them all have to go further to reach the U.S. Embassy. 
drive down to Jerusalem. So there's, there's just some subtle little things. I'm wondering why, you know, what this means in the Israeli culture to have the U.S. consulate, only one of the consulates in the country, the foreign consulate, down in Jerusalem rather than in Tel Aviv where all the others are. Mind you, I'd, hmm. I'd be in favor of getting out of Tel Aviv too because having been there, they're the San Francisco of Australia, I think, and that's not a good thing. Interesting thought, though. Interesting yeah. consideration, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about terrorism and stuff. I, I have a, a link there on the uh, show images page at the top right uh, showing the Twin Towers, one of them being you know, destroyed there in 9-11. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the article tells you about a lawsuit um, that uh, Saudi Arabia faces because after the, the information about the Saudi participation in causing 9-11 by financing al-Qaeda, when that has finally come to air officially out of government uh, papers that have been released, uh, it means that um, uh, they could raise a suit against you know the uh, Saudis because of the 19 hijackers that they paid to go and destroy our Twin Towers. So the victims have been getting together, and it looks like they're the, uh, the, uh, there's going to be a judicial approach to Saudi Arabia that uh, could raise maybe $2 billion in fines to the Saudis to pay the, the victims, or the survivors, rather, of the uh, 9-11 attack. Um, and that's just one little thing that Saudi Arabia is involved in. But um, I thought it was interesting that we're seeing some action, finally, uh, to get justice from those who actually caused it, going after Osama bin Laden was one thing, but the Saudis were the finance, and they've been financing other stuff, too, under the table. So really, I don't see why everybody is kissing up to them, because they're the enemy. They're, you know, that's young Prince Salman, Mohammed bin Salman, uh, that's his bailiwick, you know. He's into global economies, into setting up a 34-nation uh, joint warfare unit over there in the, the Middle East, uh, and he's taking part of Aramco and, and sending it public, um, changing all kinds of deals with China as far as their relationship and the oil they would get. Uh, at, at present, about a third of the Chinese oil comes out of Saudis, but they will are out of the Gulf, but they want more. Uh, so watch young Mohammed bin Salman. His family is uh, definitely a player uh, in creating terrorists and financing them, and then allegedly solving the terrorist problem. This uh, this is the rise of Atlantis again. I got to tell you. You know, the, the more I look at this, when you, when you first broached that topic, I, I just. But now, the more the more I look at this, the the more concerned I get from the cumul well the accumulation of evidence, the totality of of evidence on this. So the, the, yeah. Good catch on this, uh, Stan. I mean, wow. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you know that's. <sighs> um, uh, I know that uh, it might be a stretch to some who say the Antichrist, uh, the first uh, one, will be uh, out of uh, the revived Roman Empire, out of you know Turkey or somewhere up there, and that may well be. But I think you know if they're honest with themselves, the majority of the horrible things that happen on, under the Antichrist of this age is under the false prophet, the second uh, beast. But yeah. uh, you know, the first beast could very well be a Solomon. Uh, the, the clue is there in Revelation. So it points to King Solomon, and the Saudis uh, 
revere Shalman, uh, you know, their version of Solomon, which predated uh, the, the, the Jewish king who was called Shloma, not Solomon. Again, I say that there's been a perversion of Shloma, uh, King Shloma of Israel to King Solomon, uh, mixing legends of the two together because of the Arabic uh, uh, reverence for Shalmaneser the Great, who built Asher and you know formed the whole Assyrian nation. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm saying that I feel the, the the rise of Atlantis like it was in the days of Noah, rising in the Arabian Peninsula under Saudi Arabian uh, direction. I think that this might be the first Antichrist, and he won't last long. But I do think that that's we we need to watch Saudi Arabia closely. Well done, Stan. Hey, you've uh, you've done it. We've reached uh, we're two minutes out from the end of the program. I just want to ask you if you have to see that uh, as we close out. Do you have to see that alligator? That dinosaur alligator on that golf course in the, Hawaii. That, that that one's a little bit older, I think. Yeah, there's one from Florida too. That or Georgia. These huge <laughs> alligators. They look like Man. dinosaurs. People running up, taking pictures of them on the golf course, and and the humans look so small compared to how these alligators look. Some estimated it's 15 feet. Even. This is why I don't golf. Well, yeah. No, I mean, I was sitting there watching the, the read the article about the guy that took the picture, or the girl, who I think it was, took a picture of that one in Florida, walking across the path up ahead her. They don't realize how fast those things can move. If they wanted to come in her direction, she couldn't have gotten away. Exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't be. Let me tell you something. My my whole philosophy is I just got to outrun the guy next to me. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leave him in the dust. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, alligators or the crocodiles will get them. Yeah. But uh, well, my brother, I thank you so very much for for again your gift of time tonight, and uh, it's Joe's birthday, so we're gonna cut him loose earlier. Than okay. Usual tonight, Happy birthday, so. Joe. All right. Thanks, Stan. Yeah, Stan. <laughs> God bless you. All right, everybody. guys. God bless you. We'll see you next All week. All right. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. And that that'll do it for us. Uh, you know, you know what, folks? It, it's been an incredible day. I want to thank if you watch the entire show. I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. Yeah, check out Jackie. She was on with uh, us in the first segment. segment. Yeah, yeah. and um, it was her Hagman and Hagman debut. That's right. And you'll That's be right. seeing more of her uh, in whatever capacity she wants to come on and talk about uh, what she's going to get into. It's going to be interesting. She works behind the scenes here all the time and yeah. very hard. Yeah. And uh we want to give her our thanks. Yeah, indeed. And of course Joe is uh 34 years young. Again, I I'm going to say that he was adopted because I can't be that old. Can I? Uh, I, I You're pretty young when you had me. 12. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I was doing the math in my head, okay? I don't know. Uh no. Uh, th- thank you, thank you, each and every one. Uh, by the way, to everyone who did uh, from yesterday, who did contribute um, the for the book. Uh, yes, we just we'll sit down tomorrow, we'll, gather the info. Yeah, we'll we're checking it tonight. Um, I saw a few emails come in. Yeah, and and, and don't worry, um, we'll get we'll get the information to Steve Quill. So, thank you. Until tomorrow, stay safe, God bless, have a great evening. Good night, everyone.